What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 196 in a year four. And this podcast is going to be a little weird, ladies and gentlemen. So as we're recording, it is Tuesday. We usually record on Thursdays, but we saw The Flash last night, way later than we thought we were going to watch it. And uh, so we're recording our review for that right now. The problem is, James Gunn just dropped a podcast with Michael Rosenbaum, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about in that. But if you watch The Flash, it kind of gets really confusing. So what's going to happen in this podcast is we have a big comic topic to talk about. We're going to start this podcast with that. Then we're going to do viewer questions. Then we're going to do the Flash review. We will say spoiler warning starting right now, so you can listen up to that point. And then after that is going to be, we're going to talk about the James Gunn podcast interview. Yeah. Yes. Because we can't talk about the James Gunn podcast interview without spoiling stuff in the flash to try to make sense of his words. So expect that go watch the flash this weekend, unless you don't give a fuck about spoilers. If you're one of those people, listen to the whole fucking podcast. And yeah. And I will say you can go watch the interview with James Gunn without being spoiled for the flash. It's just us now knowing information from the flash movie, breaking down his words on what he was talking about in that interview is what's going to be spoilery. So if you want to go watch or listen to the interview on the inside of you podcast with James Gunn, um, go listen to that. And then uh, you can listen to us and our thoughts on it. Yes. And so, yeah, this is being recorded on the 13th of June. So if something big happens later today, it's not going to be in this podcast or on Wednesday or even Thursday. So just FYI, if it's really big, we'll cover it on the next podcast. But we figured we have three big, juicy topics to talk about, and this is good enough for the podcast. So we're going to start with one of the biggest things that I did never I didn't expect us to talk about. We've kind of just talked about this on the podcast randomly is it seems, Clay, uh, that long-form storytelling is dead in Marvel and DC, according to somebody, uh, I think a, a writer we both enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, 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 somebody in the industry by Tim Seeley. Now, I believe this happened on uh, the last 48 hours have been kind of crazy when it comes yeah. to news, because this happened on March 11th, which was Sunday. I, on a whim saw Tim Seeley post something on Twitter and I saw somebody comment Tim Seeley and I don't really try to get into conversations on Twitter anymore. I try to stay away from it, but there is that little juice inside of me that still wants to interact and have conversations. So I, I took some bait because Seeley was talking about, um, I don't know if you want to explain the hashtag that's going around that started this. Yes, so there is a hashtag on Twitter currently going on right now that is trending very much called uh, hashtag comics broke me. Um, And what this hashtag is meant for is to uh, is a way for people that work in the industry to talk about the abuse that they have endured uh, during their time working for comics, Um, whether it be um, artists being manipulated, whether it be writers being uh, you know, abused by editors, whether it be editors abused by publishers, writers, or, or, or letterers and, and colorists, like all around, people are yeah. sharing their stories. Now, some others have decided, hey, 
I'm not going to talk about my personal thing, but I will share the hashtag to make awareness because they are a little bit bigger. I, I know uh, one stands out, Dan Slott, a uh, really big writer for Marvel, specifically mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Um, he has had some individual like uh, interactions on Twitter, like almost daily where people tell him to kill himself. And so he's just like, I'm, I'm not going to interact with this because I know it's just going to end very negatively on my end. Yeah. So he's being smart about it and, and pushing and elevating other people's stories. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a big problem uh, throughout the industry. We we've known that writers are underpaid. You know, uh, when we first started this podcast, there was a huge wave of firings at DC mm -hmm. um, and a whole lot of people left. Editors left, writers left, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's it's very much the same kind of way that Hollywood is doing things. They're not very they're not paying their writers very well. It's just like it. It's very odd to think like, how can you still have stories without writers? Right. Yeah, it's 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 wild, uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, I wonder if like comic writers could get into the screen writers guild or something like that or make something along those lines to make that kind of shit work. Or if DC and Marvel would be like, no, we're shutting down. Fuck it. Not worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, very interesting stuff. But yeah, so uh, just a little bit of context because I didn't know all of that information when I jumped into this conversation. So there are going to be some moments in this conversation that might make tim seeley's point of view a little bit more interesting because i didn't know of that i was just having a conversation i didn't even technically i mean twitter it, you you respond to anybody that's tagged in the post right yeah. i was responding to somebody that had made a comment to tim seeley and seeley jumped into the conversation or was tagged in it so he says uh tim seeley says i will say the worst moment of comics breaks me uh broke me I've had when I received a glancing blow of a creepy fan ire after collaborating with a female writer. Weeks and weeks of review bombs, threats, emails. I felt terrible having brought that into brought in, brought her into that mess. So essentially, he worked with a female writer, and she was the one that got like all the shit talked to her. Essentially, or like everything came her way. I really hate review bombing. That's really fucking stupid and shit like that. Yeah. But you know, it happens. We know this thing. So somebody responded to Seeley with this entitled fans and antagonistic creators and the unrealistic demands slash expectations of both are standing in the way of comics having a resurgence in the media slash entertainment zeitgeist. To be clear, Tim, you are neither uh, you are neither and an example of someone who loves what they do. Now, I kind of had a problem with that because I don't like the idea of people thinking that it's only haters are that are the reason why comics are doing bad, right? Because we know, and you know from working at a comic shop, haters still buy comics. They just bitch so. about them yeah, all the time. So I responded with, I disagree. There are reasons comics haven't had a resurgence. Uh, haters still buy comics, which is ironic. Comics are just confusing to get into, and with the rise of manga in the States, Comics need to change their approach or accept living in stagnant water. Now, this one person did uh, also comment to me again saying, like, comics have long runs. Uh, and also, if people can get into something like One Piece or Dragon Ball Z, then readers shouldn't have a problem getting into comics, right? I commented with that saying that it wasn't really a fair comparison. I was like, with manga, you just pick up book number one and you know where to start. 
In comics, anything Tim writes can easily be erased by the next writer. Just look at every Batman writer after Tom King. They've basically retconned everything he did. This is when Tim jumps into the conversation, which I thought was pretty interesting. It's exactly be, uh, uh, it's exactly because you need a fresh place to start to sell to readers that this happens. So basically saying the reason why everybody gets retconned or whatever is because you need a new starting point. Yeah. Essentially. Then he goes on to say, if you reference something from 40 issues ago, which I do all the time, you're setting yourself up to uh, setting yourself up for, for reader disconnect. Um, to which I responded, and this might be a little out of line. I don't know if I responded to this directly after that or what. It gets really weird because Tim also responds randomly. Um, but in the connected sentence here, I say, it seems like a lose-lose in my opinion. Feels like you're taking a risk to try to get new readers, but could lose your current ones. I think Dan Waters, Asriel, and Colin Kelly slash Jackson Langsy, Batman Beyond Nero year, have the perfect blueprint for comics at the moment. Um, and this is just because I've praised their writing before. I think they're doing really good in, in four to six the, issues. I was going to say the format that we have suggested that needs to be taken precedent at yes. DC and Marvel is instead of, you can still have long form storytelling, yeah. but in small compacted stories a la the uh batman neo year because again yeah. we're getting a connecting story to that mm -hmm. via this year yeah. uh and we're also uh i don't know if they have uh announced anything for a uh, a sequel to the asriel story yeah but either way those were contained stories that had a beginning it had an ending you can look back at asriel's past and still reference something 40 issues ago or yeah. look back at that to know who that character is and same thing with with batman beyond but it's the format of one to eight issues yeah uh, uh one to six issues the the mini series not necessarily the maxi series the maxi series can work it's just a little bit lengthier yeah. you know um but you got it on the nose we have been saying this is the correct format because it is helping people just get that serotonin for that small amount of time that everybody is searching for a la TikTok, a la yeah. YouTube shorts, you know, Instagram reels. It's the people that want to get the quick swipe and get their serotonin swipe again. Yeah. And that's how these people are going to start eventually getting to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he responds to that with cool. I hope it works. Now I, I read that as that was a little passive aggressive. But, and Clay read it too, and he kind of, I think you agreed. Yeah. It seems yeah. that way. Um, but I have always said I don't like text-based conversations because I feel like people read them the way they want to be read, right? And maybe I am just projecting that it's passive-aggressive. But I think a lot of people would say that's probably how people use passive-aggressiveness in text. But I to, to be fair to Tim, I'm not going to say that that's what that was. It's just how it seemed. I also didn't know about the hashtag. So if this hashtag was talking about how shitty it is to work in comics, and then I'm a guy over here being like, oh, I think these other writers have a better blueprint. Maybe he took some offense to it. So I just, just a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> I just didn't think because I kind of think like, oh, maybe it's like creators and YouTube, right? A lot of creators try to be like, oh, yeah, we're we're friends. We try to like help each other. We try to do that. Granted, it's gotten a little crazy because now you got like egotistical ones now. 
But at the start of YouTube, everybody was kind of like, yo, everybody doing good makes it better for the industry, right? And yeah. maybe comics isn't like that anymore. Um, I would think that everybody would be pretty supportive. It seems like that in a lot of comic circles. I don't know. But I don't know Seeley. I don't know who he likes or doesn't like. I'm not going to assume anything here. But I just did think that was like a little weird. But maybe I offended him and I, I will take that. Um, I will take that, you know, on the nose, whatever. But he goes on to say, well, uh, and this isn't a response to the manga thing. I don't know if this, he just didn't connect the comments or what happened here. But he's like, well, manga is cheap. Because the creators were already paid and underwritten by the Japanese government in the form of free healthcare. Here, the consumer helps pay the bills. So essentially, Tim is saying that the reason why, and I kind of disagree with this to a point. Because uh, Tim is saying that the reason why manga is so cheap is because, well, they get free healthcare. So they don't have to worry about paying for healthcare. And... The government, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything about the Japanese government. So I'm not going to say that I know everything, but it seems like he's like, well, they get free healthcare so they can make everything cheaper where we don't get free healthcare. So it's got to be more expensive. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with why consumers would buy something, in my opinion, because in, in all honesty, comics are cheaper than manga. So. Yeah. You know, there's his point doesn't really matter there. I understand where he's saying that, like, comic creators need to maybe charge more like for their services because they don't get free healthcare. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I do kind of feel like though, that if America got free healthcare, to free healthcare tomorrow, I don't think comic artists or writers change their prices in my opinion. So wait, say that again. You so let's just say tomorrow fucking president Biden's like, Healthcare for all. Everybody gets it no matter what, right? Everybody's got fucking free healthcare. Doesn't matter. You can go get checked if you're sick. I don't think comic creators or artists right now would change their prices because it seems like Seeley is saying that the reason why manga writers and artists are able to work for cheaper is because they have things taken care of, is yeah. what I'm getting told. I don't think just because you get free healthcare that these artists and writers in America would change their prices. I don't think I, that's the case. I don't necessarily think it would happen immediately. I think there would be a change eventually. Mm. Um, but I, it, it would be a slow change. I don't think it would be immediate at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing because usually you get healthcare through your, your employer, right? Which kind mm. of blows my mind that DC and Marvel don't do that. Kind of fucked in my yeah. opinion. Um, but it is what it is, unfortunately. And that's why they, they do what they do. So, um, yeah, and so the conversation continues to the point where, like, the other person that was in this conversation talks about reboots. Uh, Tim Seeley goes after manga again and says, manga reboots constantly, though. Uh, some series do maintain one long continuity. It's unclear to me, but, uh, but most publishers, or to which what most publishers consider more value. Like, what has more value, the long run yeah. or the short run, right? Um, I don't know about you, Clay. I haven't seen manga reboot as much as comic books. No, and I don't necessarily think he means individual mangas. Uh -huh. um, I am uh, a subscriber of two different manga apps. Mm -hmm. um, one is, uh, uh, and two of them are free. Um, so if anybody is familiar with, of course, Shonen Jump, yeah. uh, there is, uh, that has its own subscription. Viz Media just recently started their own. 
um, uh, subscription service also, which is a partnership of Shonen Jump. So I think you can get both and it would be uh, fairly uh, cheap, I think. Uh, there is also one called Azuki. Then there is K-Manga. And then there is a Manga Plus app. There are new books, new series coming out almost bi-weekly. And they're in droves. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing, and I think that's what he means, that there's constantly new stuff coming out. Yeah. Kind of in the same light of DC and Marvel, there's new things coming to these characters and new stories coming to these characters. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. as we were talking about earlier, uh, off air, is the fact that these, and I think even Seeley says it in this thread, that writers are having to keep up with trends. They're having to keep up with the new hype and trying to bring new readers on board it's the same thing that that uh mangakas are doing uh with manga and the only difference is marvel and dc will let these writers and artists go on for 15 20 30 issues before they eventually say yeah i think this has been a waste of time Mm -hmm. let's not make any more Whereas with all of these uh, mangas, especially with Shonen Jump, I'm pretty sure they have to sign contractually that if it doesn't get the the numbers that it needs by like chapter four or five, Mm -hmm. it's cut. Yeah. Like you push maybe the next four issues after that Mm -hmm. or the, the, the next four chapters after that, but then it's canceled. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's very cutthroat. It's like, hey, this isn't doing well. Move on to the next thing. Yeah. And that's that's the difference of it. Yeah. Like we have a what I feel like flooded uh uh market of DC in, in Marvel mm. where and there's a story for everybody. I'm not gonna say, oh, these there's a whole bunch of shit out there that nobody reads. No, there's there's stories out there that I'm sure people absolutely adore. It's just not for me. It may not yeah. even be for the majority of readers, but there's some people who are reading it, but it's not making profit. Yeah. And I think that is something that DC and Marvel really need to kind of cut. Mm-hmm. Like when looking at the numbers of like, okay, whose characters are more popular? What's doing this? I think they, they've already started to do some of the like digital. They were, they were doing it during COVID, the digital first stuff. Right. Yeah. And they are uh, even before COVID, during the midst of the New 52, when their app had just started, Injustice and Batman Beyond were digital only via digital first comics. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to go back to that. Yeah. To look at, okay, if there isn't a huge readership, but still people want to read, maybe they would consider subscribing for this much to still read that character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's another thing that that manga is doing differently from from DC or Marvel. They have a subscription service for majority of their stuff and then their printed stuff comes out like months later. Yeah. Not a week later, not like one month later. Like freaking they're on I don't even remember what chapter from My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure like when looking at printed versus digital they're like 50 issues ahead or yeah. their chapters ahead of the printed stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it's hard to compare the two, 
But as you have said, as we have said on this podcast, there's things that American comics can learn from Ngakas and from yeah. the from the publishers of manga, Shonen Jump, and all of them that I think they really need to consider moving forward in the future. Yes, yes. And I just to clarify this, the the com- we haven't even got to the point we're trying to get to yet. We're yeah. just there's a lot of focus on manga that was coming from Sealy. But this is the big thing that came out of this conversation for me. <clears throat> this other person that was in the conversation says, uh, this was in a response to me talking about Tom King getting all his stuff retconned. The guy says, yes, if I'm reading Tom King, then I uh, then do I always have to buy whoever is on the other bat titles to have the whole story? Maybe self-contained arcs per team are the answer. Uh, then if someone wants to spin off from an arc, let them uh, be known beforehand. And he's just kind of trying to come up with a way to just do a do comics differently, right? That's kind of what yeah. this whole conversation was. Tim Seeley comes in and drops a bomb here and says, I'll be honest with you, that kind of big two superhero comic is done. It doesn't sell. It's hard to market. They need to hype able creators, new takes, and fast turnover. Yeah. So essentially... Tom King is going to be the last big Batman writer that tells an epic long story. Whether you like him or not, though, it seems like Tim Seeley's saying those days are done. Which sucks for somebody like me that has a 100-story issue plan. You know what I mean? 100-arc story plan. Not arc, but issues. Um, yeah. yeah, and then that I actually asked Tim Seeley if he would want to be on the podcast at some point uh, after that. But that wasn't the big thing. But, like, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? There's still one more thing that he says after this that I'm going to talk about. But just from that in general, your thoughts on everything's got to be fast-paced, it's got to bring in new viewers, and long storytelling is essentially dead. I can see it. When when it's kind of, like, just hearing him say it, yeah, I can look back at some of those stories and be like, okay, there are certain writers that I definitely believe this is happening with. They are telling very short arcs and just saying, hey, this is a pocket story. This is a pocket story. This is a pocket story, which is a little hypocritical on our end because that's kind of what we want. Mm-hmm. But the only problem with that that we are having, that we have had with, especially with a Batman book, uh, me on some other books, is when you cut these stories short, when you're only trying to grab onto the hype or the meme of the month or whatever, trying to keep up with the trends, you're lacking in character development. Yeah. So another big uh, uh, title that we read that is, I feel like, a um, uh, a victim of this mm-hmm. type of storytelling as much as I love the character, I love the writer, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Nightwing has had pockets of stories. And Taylor had a story that hooked us at the mm-hmm. very beginning of his run. Okay, you introduce a sister. You no. introduce like these all these things. But Dick Grayson's a billionaire now. Like you you introduced all of these things, and not one of them has been picked up. It's mm-hmm. just moved on to the next thing over and over and over and over and over again. And 
you can he can eventually come back to that but at oh. what point yeah you know at what yeah. point and you could and that's the other thing that like when he eventually comes up with you know a story to finally go back to those things i don't want to hear people being like oh it was always connected from yeah. issue one to issue 147 oh my god like no it's it, it's just okay He's done these pocket stories. He's going back to that. You can kind of throw all the other filth away and connect these other stories. And that's your story. It's yeah. not a, a longevity story. It's not a long running story from issue one to whatever. He finally picks up that, that story plot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an all connected moment. It's. And that was the big thing that I get kind of irked with when writers who don't deserve that type of thing. Yeah, get that handed to them by overhyped fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you agree. Um, yeah, and again, it's, this is why I've said I've said this from day one of uh, of this podcast. Probably I don't know if I said it exactly on the first podcast, but I always said that Tom King's run is going to be looked back on and remembered, opposed to people being like it was a shitty run. Because especially now, it's going to be the long last epic Batman run. Again, yeah. whether you like it or not, he told the story over a hundred issues, which is crazy. And who was the last person to do that before him? Grant Morrison, maybe. If you could even read that, like, because it's so convoluted at times. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think Grant Morrison even reached a hundred. But even before then, I guess you could say Snyder, like, did fifty. Yeah, or 52, but even I guess, but even 50, 52, like that's a feat within itself. Compared yeah, I to agree. The new agree. storytelling. Yeah, I mean, it did span over four years, I think. Yeah, because yeah. he he only, he was only doing monthly. So yeah, um, if you're a fan of long storm storytelling, that's really shitty for the big two. By the way, you were talking about how like in, indies are doing it all the time. Like yeah, uh, Spawn, uh, Radiant Black. Uh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Walking Dead, Mor- Walking Dead, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like yeah. these are like even great example. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's had three writers, but because of those three writers being so good friends, they have picked up where exactly where the left one, the the next one has left off, mm-hmm. and it's seemingly a long form storytelling. Yeah, like that's what I want from my superheroes at DC and Marvel. Like I want to be able to read one run, read another one. And it actually feel like, Oh, it's going from issue one to issue 59. Yeah. Even though there has been three writers, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yes, Teely is Teely. Seely essentially says, um, long form storytelling like that is done in the big two uh the other guy was kind of also talking about like well what's the value to like releasing like weekly comics like the floppies and stuff like is there a do you get better value from the trade or whatever because seely did say that like a lot of people usually give up after the first or second issue and they just end up buying the trade and so that's when this guy makes the comment about like the floppies or whatever he was like what value does it bring and he was like we bring value to the local man maybe it helps is what Seeley yeah. says because there's no guarantee that pe- I think I, I'm fucking tired of floppies. Like I'm, I literally at the moment and still just buying some books to support yeah. my local comic shop. 
But at the same time, it's because I'm like, well, I kind of want to sell all my stuff back to them. So I need to be somewhat cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, like I got to keep my box open. got to keep supporting. Um, but it's just like, I- I'm kind of tired of it. I, I like it's tra- It's hard to keep up with, man. Yeah. It's they have they they have so much volume mm-hmm. and they take up so much space. Like they're not easy to read after, like if especially yeah, no. if you bag and board them. Not mm-hmm. easy to read. Whereas a hardcover, even even if you want to buy a trade that's like soft cover, it protects itself. It's, it just sits on it's the shelf. It's easy, it's easier to put on a shelf. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen some unhinged people put their bag and board comics on a bookshelf. Yeah. And then have like just like little like paper tabs Mm-mm. to mark like where each title starts and ends. Yeah. I'm just like, no. I'm sorry. No, that that uh no. Somebody's no, had you. to have made like a binder for comics, right? Like Oh yeah, I've yeah. I've seen those before too. Yeah. So um so yeah, I I gladly say death to floppies. Like I just don't think they provide any value. If you want to do like free comic book day floppies and like we got an exclusive mega ultra rare <laughs> book last night when we watched <laughs> The Flash. Um so like obviously we're going to be millionaires in the future for that one. But like you know, that's uh, I don't know. I I think floppies should be gone. But the last thing I asked Seely after that um, I ask, do you think comics could survive on just trade-based structure? Basically, only graphic novels are coming out. No floppies at all. Uh, or is that something that comic co- comic companies would never do? I personally don't buy a lot of single issues anymore because of storage issues. And Seely just says, my guess is that structure is inevitable. We're in the transition in between. So see, in Seely's mind, we are going to a trade only market which in my opinion i feel like that's so much better because if you want comics instead of paying three dollars for or what is it probably five dollars nowadays i don't remember what the prices are anymore um it's 30 bucks a pop and you get at least six issues you know what i mean yeah that's five dollars an issue which is totally fine and it comes in a nicer package you don't gotta buy bags and boards you don't gotta worry about the storage it just it can sit on your coffee table sit on your bed your nightstand it just fits it's a lot more better and it's not as sensitive as a floppy. I can I can see the trades going up in price when that happens, which will suck because currently if you look at a trade paperback, it can be anywhere from 9.99 to about I would say 16.99 is mm-hmm. the regular trade paperback. Um when you're looking at hardcover, I think that it can go anywhere from 16.99 to 49.99 depending on what type of hardcover it is. Yeah. Um and it's like we said before, it's a better format to protect itself, to look nicer, being mm-hmm. displayed. You can actually show people. It's easier to let people borrow that kind of thing compared to yeah. floppies. Like it's it's just a better format. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I just ruined a bunch of floppies recently because I framed them and I wanted to get the frames and take them out. And my dumbass didn't like think about how sensitive floppies are. And I put like some kind of sticky stuff on them. They all ripped. And like one of them was like a Spider-Man issue that was worth like 90 bucks or some shit. So uh, like, yeah, I, remember yeah, that I was one, like, man. oh, fuck. Um, so that kind of sucked, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't know, man. Uh, it, you know, Not the best thing you want to hear as a comic book reader, especially if you are a fan of somebody like Tom King. 
because like the thing is is what's nice about tom king could he is he he is doing his own indie stuff by the way but tom king could leave like every other writer and do the indie stuff but it's nice to have a writer like king playing in the sandbox with these characters that we love right because it's like all right yeah i want to hear his epic storytelling but i'm not as interested as much as i'm a tom king fan i'm not as interested in reading his indie stuff for 100 issues right it's good But, like, I want to see Batman in an epic story. I don't want to see brand new character in an epic story. Maybe over time, I'll think, like, oh, this is actually really good. I want to keep reading it, right? Kind of like with the Radiant Black and stuff you talk about, right? So, yeah. like, you know, new characters, you're like, oh, this is pretty epic. That's how I, I am with manga right now. Like, I'm reading Spy Family, and that's already fucking, I don't know how many books in. Uh, I think they're, like, 88 chapters in already. I, that's probably, like, 15, 16 books. And, like, I pick those up, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I read them. Um, also, the one thing I do want to say is if we are going to go to a trade type of situation, comics need to come together and pick a fucking size. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I go to Barnes & Noble now to go buy mangas. 90% of mangas are all the same size. There's, like, the light novels are slightly bigger because they're actual novels, you know, so they got to fit more on the pages totally makes sense and there's very rarely like the special editions like berserk or like akira you know the classics that are like in a bigger format oh my god comics are all different you get the trades you get the fucking hard cut like everything's a different size and i'm like y'all need to pick a fucking format and stick to it because it looks like shit and if you don't believe me Go to a Barnes and Noble, go to your local bookstore, go to the comic part where it's graphic novels and tell me it doesn't look like shit because they're all different. It looks bad on shelves, whereas like manga nicely displayed. You're like, oh, I can look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this one. Got to fix it. Comics. You got to fix it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. That's uh the craziness that came out of a random Twitter discussion. So, you know what? You can actually get news from Twitter besides just a migraine. So, I think that is kind of cool. Now, we are going to move on to viewer questions right now and then we are going to dive into our flash review after that. So, uh do stick around. Uh we only have one comment in our Discord because we said this so late. Uh and it comes from Arwitz. If Gun wanted a Batman trilogy, would you want to see only new villains not yet done on the big screen? Or would you be okay with reoccurring villains? If so, which one? Um, If you had a gun to my head, I would say all brand new villains because I've seen everything else. You know what I mean? Um, But it always, it comes down to how well do you do it? Like, you know? And, and I think it was earlier today. Let me actually look back at some of my messages that I was uh, sharing with friends. Uh, somebody asked uh, Gun, I believe, yesterday, and he replied today, or if it was both conversations uh, yesterday. Uh, it, so, yeah, it was yesterday. Somebody asked him, not trying to look for spoilers, but any underrated Superman villains uh, that you adore. And he actually put really underrated characters. And yeah. then somebody was like, I can't believe you didn't put Metallo or Bizarro in there. And he uh, he replied to them. He's like, because they're not underrated. Yeah. Like, like he understands what underrated means. Mm-hmm. And so when going back to our question, if I say new characters, I can expect Gunn to know exactly which characters have been used. Mm-hmm. And 
I know that he will pick characters that not even we would be like, hey, that's our top spot for for a Batman villain. Yeah. And I think he could give put, you know, give them justice on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the rogues gallery that he has. Like, you know, yeah. and the thing about Gunn, too, is he would pick one big bad and like a couple little bets. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And those would get like that would just be like for a crime scene. Right. A, crime, a Batman takes out a guy at the start of the movie. He's fighting like, you know, crazy quilt at the start of the movie. Beats the shit out of him. Puts him in Arkham. Goes to Arkham. We see a bunch of random villains, you know, but there's one big bad in the movie. Like James Gunn would do that. I would vote new villains 100 percent. But. Like, as much as they've used Joker in everything, you could still tell a really good Joker story with Batman. With Batman. And yeah, and and that's the thing with um, you know, the our last podcast saying that there are heavy rumors saying that Andy will be on Batman Brave and the Bold. I think that Andy will use Joker. Yeah. Do I need him in the first two movies? No. Yeah, I don't need him in the first two. If you if you put him as the last villain, it'll be the first time anybody has done that. And yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. but give me somebody new for the first movie. Eh, maybe some reoccurring ones that we've seen in the second one and give me a third movie with Joker. Yeah. I've always said if I got to direct Batman, I would do a trilogy no joker in the trilogy at all and then like at a comic-con i'd come back and be like oh we got a new announcement i'm coming back for a fourth movie and then show that it's joker and then everybody be like oh fuck you know <laughs> like i think that's how it would go down uh unless everybody's fucking hates my trilogy They're like he's coming back for another one no <laughs> they're all like fuck this there's no joker we're not yeah. going to this and then be like oh now you want to give us joker no fuck you dude yeah <laughs> Zack Snyder did it better. There'd still be that one guy <laughs> fucking 40 years from now. Um oh, yeah, anyways, so like uh there's that. But uh let's go on to the uh YouTube uh channel, which by the way, a shout out to y'all guys again, killing it on the views. Another video breaking a thousand. So shout out, thank you so much for listening. Uh, by the way, again, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do. YouTube literally this morning dropped new monetization requirements. Only need 500 subscribers and only three videos in a month, which we do that easily. And uh, I think, uh, what is it, like 1,000, 2,000 watch hours? Something we, that we're getting near. I think we're halfway oh, there. We're, yeah. we're super close now. Yeah. yeah. So um, definitely hit that subscribe button. If we get to 500, we can, it's not full monetization, but we could do like memberships and stuff, which might be kind of cool. Give you guys some emotes and stuff like that, which might be kind of cool that you could leave in the chat. So uh, hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you haven't. But uh, going on to the first comment we got is from Tiny Beauty. What can I do as a viewer to spread the support for Batman News Weekly? I see the numbers are growing um talk to your friends if you are in uh you know if you have friends that like batman and you you here's the thing man i would love for anybody to support this podcast to spread awareness let them know that we are not a cookie cutter podcast yeah because i think people might come in here and find us a little abrasive they might be like man they hate everything and be like no we just we're giving a perspective of like we read good stories. We like those stories. And we think a lot of stuff today is kind of mediocre. 
And one of the big things for us is we think that opinions are important. Yes. Whether they be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to completely destroy something just for the sake of destroying it. Mm-hmm. We want to give valid criticism. If we're going to give a opinion that seems bad to others, we're going to give reasons on why that is. And it's not just because, oh, I said so. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I would say have a little disclaimer and be like, yeah, if you want an opinion that has a wide variety of opinions on it, I would suggest listening to the Batman News Weekly podcast. You don't got to go hardcore with it. It'd be like, hey, just let them know like they're very opinionated people um, and they have a wide variety. But I don't know. I think uh, you can share. You can always share videos, whether Mm -hmm. like what other I don't know what social medias everybody's on today. I use Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever. Retweet our stuff when we do it. Like, because we do tweet out the podcast every once in a while. You could retweet it to your followers or whatever. Um, like I said, you could share it. Just word of mouth, letting people know. Be like, oh, yeah, you guys should check this out, whatever. Because I guarantee you, y'all are in spots that we're not in that maybe talk about superheroes. Maybe you got a little group of friends. Maybe you joined a, le- a random little subreddit or something like that. Granted, Reddit's not doing too hot right now. But like, there could be any kind of situation like that. It, it really just comes to word of mouth and sharing it. Like, you know, I, we don't have stickers or anything that you could put out there. So unfortunately we don't have anything like that maybe in the future, but uh, yeah, I would say sharing it and word of mouth is the biggest thing you can do, yeah. but we appreciate anybody that wants to, to help out. Uh, moving on from there, we got Eduardo de la Cruz question. Uh, would you die for me? That's too easy. Would you live for who would win? Mirror Mirror Master versus The Spot, Blue Beetle versus Darth Vader, Fantastic Four versus the Teen Titans. Mirror Master and this, I think the Spot's more powerful. It feels like. Uh, so this reiteration, of course, uh, spoilers for Across the Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, of course, the Spot is the villain. Um, this gives like a wild, like multiversal um take on the spot um which is really really cool um i've never seen mirror master jump multiverses yeah that would be kind of wild that would be a wild new power Mm -hmm. for mirror master i mean mirror dimension like i i could easily see that happening if he has somebody please uh tell me where i can read it because i would love to read that story um yeah but if if I'm looking at just the two as they are, I think the spot is a little bit is a little bit more powerful. Yeah, coming from from the act because like the spot. I mean, I don't know much about him, but even if without the multiverse powers, just his basic power set from the start of the movie, um, I feel like it's probably a little bit better because you can't capture him in his own thing like Mirror Master. You can just break a mirror and he's like fucked. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I can't get out, you know. Like, uh, not not only that, but like he like the the spots are literal, like almost like teleporters, and and yeah. they're like like he the way that he was making people punch themselves and and doing all of that kind of thing, like he has a huge leg up yeah. on whoever he's fighting. Yeah, so I, I would go with the spot there. Blue Beetle versus Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Why? Well, Blue Beetle's got some powers though, but. It always comes down to force choke for me. Like I this one's hard. Um he could think of a lightsaber. Well, 
I think the way that the the movie explains that, oh, anything that you think of, I can create, mm-hmm. is like kind of uh, uh, they're it? taking yeah they're taking free liberties with that, mm-hmm. and they're just like oh you know, and and I think it's just for the movie. Um, it it's that kind of concept, but not to the T, you know. Yeah. Um, I think we'd have to play in that realm though, because most of what people know about Darth Vader is from the movies. Yeah. Um, If that is the case, if if Jaime Reyes as Blue Beetle can summon a lightsaber from Mm -hmm. the suit, that would be OP. And I think Blue Beetle would win. Blue Beetle might have the up up upper hand here because more than likely he knows what Star Wars is. (laughs) So he probably would know how to beat Vader. Yeah. So I would just go if we are just taking both of them from their respective universes, maybe Blue Beetle can beat Darth Vader with the suit. So that's a possibility. I I, I will. I think you could go with either of these personally. Mm-hmm. I always go down to Force Choke. I just feel like that's the most OP thing ever. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody who probably like Doctor Manhattan. You'd have that's the easiest. That's an easy win though. Dr. Manhattan could probably just like, it wouldn't matter to him. Cause like, you, I don't think you could choke Dr. Manhattan. Like, I mean, you could, but he would see it coming like seven yeah. months before it happened. Yeah. So like he would then be planning ahead and yeah. or before like yeah. it, it, time is non-existent for him. So it, it really mean, wouldn't matter. If, yeah. If anything, if fucking Zack Snyder taught me that fucking he could be working and fucking at the same time. So like you could literally be killing him and he could be like doing his job like somewhere else. So uh, yeah, Dr. Mahan's OP. Uh, yeah, I, I would go either there. Um, Fantastic Four versus Teen Titans. Which Teen Titans? Are we going with the classic like Robin, uh, Starfire, you know, like the cartoon? Is that I'm assuming that's the Teen Titans we're going with? I I would assume so. I think that the when people think of Teen Titans, mm-hmm. they think of Robin, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfrost, Starfire, and Cyborg. Yeah, those are the five members that they think of. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, uh, I think I go a, Teen Titans here. I might go Teen Titans. So you already got a fire to cancel out fire, or fire to fight with fire. Yeah. You have, you know, Starfire versus Human Torch. Um, you could do like Thing versus uh, Beast Boy. I think he goes gorilla mode or something like that, right? Big, big yeah. thing to counteract that. Then you have Invisible Woman. I mean, Invisible I think it's counter- with Raven. It. Yeah, it would, would get countered. Would be the, the shields and all of that. But then I think it would take both Cyborg and Robin to take down yeah. Mr. Fantastic. But when you think about like, just the powers that the Teen Titans have, like Raven's super OP. Like when she's like, obviously when she gets older, in her but demon mode or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like she's super OP. But also Cyborg boom tube those bitches, boom tube. You know, you're gone. Like you know, but they they've dealt with interdimensional space travel type of stuff. So true, it's- true. But here's the thing. Like, just imagine if it's like an annoying little brother and you wanted him to go away. Like, Boontube, they got to find Oof. their way back. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we don't got to deal with him for another, you know, fucking while. Unless he has a device to get him instantly back to where he was. Like, is it Dormammu? Like, unless, you know, he's doing that. <laughs> like, I don't think, uh, I think Boontube, you know, 
because that would be considered a win in my opinion like oh they're gone you know? yeah but like for me the the fight between beast boy and thing like mm-hmm. i think would actually be a hard fight mm-hmm. um the thing has gone head to head with the hulk like yeah. the hulk is not somebody to play around with and i would not say that beast boy could have the strength of the hulk but he does mm-hmm. have the strength of and the size and mass of whatever he takes on. Yeah. So like if he turns into a T-Rex or something, that's going to be quite a big fight for the thing. But I think mm-hmm. the thing could keep up with him, you know? After seeing the trailers from last night, Beast Boy needs to become the Meg. And he'll destroy the thing <laughs> hands down. But he won't be able to destroy Jason Statham. So that's it's the Fucking difference. wild. Dude. Nobody <laughs> can beat Jason Statham. Dude, so. I, I love how in that trailer... I literally like leaned over to you and I was like, Jason Statham is totally going to punch the shit out of a, a <laughs> fucking shark. And then the very next thing you see is him holding a shark back with his fucking. Foot. Yeah, that's hilarious. Ridiculous. Him and like Vin Diesel and all those guys. I I would respect it if in like 10, 20 years, they're having like a round table and they're drinking beers and they're like recording this. And they talk about how they had a secret pack to do the most ridiculous shit in movies. Because wrestlers do that. Like, that's how the people's elbow became a thing for The Rock. Mm -hmm. In these house shows, they would just do stupid moves to make the crowd laugh. And the people's elbow got over. And, like, Undertaker talks about how he he thought that was the stupidest fucking move ever. But the audience loved it. So they just kept doing it. And so, um, yeah, I, I would love to be like, yeah, dude, we came up with the dumbest shit in movies to see what people would like. And uh, Vin Diesel, I think, would take the crown on that, though. <laughs> um, insane. But, all right, moving on from that, uh, we got Moncre, who says, I sort of disagree with your take on DC spicy mangas not selling well in the U.S. Uh, and having backlash. One, the manga could sell good at Spencer's for uh, people that are not. <laughs> I don't know if Spencer's is a worldwide chain. But Spencer's, imagine Hot Topic, because I think everybody knows what Hot Topic is. But, like, an adult version to where, like, yeah. if you go to the back of the store, they got, like, fucking dildos and ch- chokers and all this kind of shit. So, just uh, imagine a spicy version of Hot Topic, which actually, I want to say Spencer's usually have better shirts. Yeah, So, you know? Um, so, there's that. Uh, fair point. Uh, Hall, okay, half of DC fans are lewd grown-ups. Fair. Uh, erotic graphic novels slash comics already exist in comic shops. Another fair point. Uh, DC would have an edge over Marvel's who's more family friendly. I mean, yeah, I, they already have that though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? D, I mean, Marvel bought star Wars and literally said no more bikini Leia. So yeah. like, you know, that's they're They're definitely have an audience they're pitching to. Not all places in America would be up in arms. Maybe it's just where I live. I have no idea where Moncray lives. Um, but we said the South would be up in arms. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what we said. What are your thoughts? I think you make a lot of fair points here, Moncray. And I don't think it's out of the possibility to do that. Um, I just don't know if it would be as popular as something like Japan. Yeah. Because you got to think, like, here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize, especially if you're in America. A lot of people outside of America think we're fucking sensitive. They're like, y'all bitch about a lot of shit. Uh, There's a lot of words that we no longer use in America that are used in other countries fairly frequently. 
um and they're just like y'all are soft you know what i mean like a lot of the um now granted everybody can have their own opinions on the like you know gender norms and all that kind of stuff in different countries a lot of latino countries don't like latinx that's an american thing and they're just like no we we appreciate like lgbt communities we just think that's fucking dumb you know yeah and that's like an american thing so like i don't know if if um it would necessarily be a big thing here in america i think a, a lot of people in america would maybe be a little too sensitive to the idea because i've always said they're a little prunish you know what i mean but yeah. times are changing i mean look at only fans look at you know there's a lot of women especially during the pandemic that were like fuck my job i'm just gonna take my clothes off and make more money than i ever could have and you know yeah. what? more power to them if i had a fucking rocking bot and i could do that i'd probably do the same shit because some of those ladies <laughs> are fucking living the life it's insane um so yeah I think there is a market for it, but I think this market, you're going to find it from independent artists right now. Because like I said, people have made these books. They've made spicy comics. I mean, you'll find them all over Twitter and Reddit if you want to look for them. But will DC actually do it? No. I don't think DC or Marvel will ever do it. But you know what? I I don't know how hard we were on the last podcast, but I'll say, yeah, there's a market for it. 100%. I pay for it. I mean, we have some artists that we follow. Like, uh, what's your name? Uh, that was doing the spicy uh, Final Fantasy stuff. Oh, Jen Bartel. Yeah, Jen Bartel. She said she was gonna put out a book. I was like, when? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that book ever came out because I don't know if she can. Oh, I don't know if she can with the Marvel or DC characters. Yeah, but the Final Fantasy stuff. Um, she was very like, like internet friendly safe for work type of stuff yeah and then one day she was like hey i'm gonna put this like spoiler tag on this photo mm-hmm. and like oh my god yeah. it was like x-rated like yeah. people were like oh my god i just opened this at work what the hell are you doing Jen? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah this is why you should have two twitter accounts people that's all i'm saying two twitter accounts it's it's good you just you put the other one on private and look at whatever you want just don't look at it at work it's not a good thing um so yeah moving on from that so yeah i don't know how hard we were on it but i will say there's a market for it i would definitely pay for shit like that i just don't think the big two would ever get on board so that's why i think it would fail um but yeah going on from uh vasan who i don't think we've had a comment from vasan in a hot minute in a while yeah so uh says uh damien and Cass is just straight up incest uh plus Cass has a better parent child relationship with bruce than damien where does this come from i i don't know i think this is uh the what would be more interesting the the child question um i never knew that uh, was there a question that said damien and and Cass? i don't know but that it it wouldn't be incest they're not related she's literally called orphan and bruce wasn't like her biological father or anything now i will say this uh there i have i have dove in a little deep with uh Batgirl research recently. Mm-hmm. Um and there was at one point where uh don't know if this is a retcon or or whatnot, but uh Batman Bruce Wayne did at one point consider adopting her. Um yes. We should so go from orphan to adopted. Would that be your new name? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this was necessarily something that uh 
was actually put into place in comics or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we still to this day very much see that her mother is in fact uh, 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 Shiva, like right? Yeah, is it Shiva? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, and of course, her father being uh, uh, freaking No Man's Land, uh, Michael Caine. Like, yeah, they've they've established this before. Mm-hmm. Now, it still would not be incest because they're not blood related. Yeah. So, yeah, unless he means like step bro, step sis, but yeah, it's still not the same. Because like I had somebody talk about like, because uh, you know when I was playing the spicy game stuff, I always dive into these like uh, discords to see like, all right, who's the audience for this? You know what I mean? And a lot of people uh, will talk about like incest and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, they're step bro." And step. I'm like, "That's that's not incest, guys. I need to technically learn. They're not blood related. Like, you know, it's just not the way it works." Um, Is that's it why weird? It, yes, it but can are be, they are, are they actually related? No. Yeah, but that's why the step. I think that's what, first because like somebody asked me, "Was it on this podcast?" About no, I don't know where it was asked. Somebody might. Oh, I think somebody asked it during uh, my live stream. They asked why, like, the step bro thing is so popular. And I was like, one, because I think it's a meme. Yeah. And I was like, two, it's because, like, oh, it's just a random situation that people might find themselves in. Like, not everybody, but it's like, oh, yeah. What if you got, like, what if you got married to somebody and it's like your sister's like the super hot person? You're not related. It's just like, oh, well, crazy situation, you know? <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, I kind of think that's where that comes from. But I think it was birthed from a meme. So, uh, so it is what it is. That's why it got so popular. All right, moving on from uh, – but, yeah, I don't know where the Damien casting came from. There must have been a, a baby question or whatever, a kid question. Uh, Nathan says, okay, last one. Which character would be the most interesting to see? Kid of Cyborg Bumblebee. Whoa, okay. Wait, Bumblebee is an actual character, right? Not the car. Yeah. No, not yeah. not the Transformer. Yeah. The DC character. Bumblebee. Yeah, okay. Uh, She's Blue, a Titan. Yeah, Blue Beetle Jessica Cruz, Poison Ivy Swamp Thing, Bluebird The Signal, Shazam Stargirl. Now, if I okay. want... Shazam Stargirl, very predatory. Uh, very, very odd. Yes, it's the child who turns into an adult. Yeah. Stargirl is still somewhat a child so let's i'm assuming they mean the kid version they yeah. date um get older and yeah you know, yeah would it be cheating though if it's shazam and wonder woman and then because that's also weird you know what i mean so yeah. like do you just permanently stay a shazam at that point you're like no i'm gonna stay a shazam as shazam can he take off the suit i would assume so yeah that's weird um i guess i guess dwayne johnson's character did do too huh um anyways uh bluebird if i'm not mistaken is not straight no she is not yeah so that's off the table um poison ivy swamp thing would be interesting but they kind of play her up as more like she's only into women right now so that'd be another one but uh then again that's kind of getting into a thing they're plant people does it matter like yeah. so there's kind of that that would that would be an op character an op child i will say yeah. that um blue beetle jessica cruz again age difference maybe L- large age difference yeah well he is going to college now though so she's probably in yeah. her 20s 
I think she is more closer to her 30s because I don't know if you were reading Justice League at this time, but near like the beginning of Rebirth, there was a story where um, the entire Justice League like met their future children. Yeah. And Jessica Cruz and the Flash, Barry Allen, had children. What? Yeah. There is there. You got you tired of that being story? this flash? No, I don't remember that at all. I'm just gonna okay. Let's just assume everybody is into everybody in this situation, and they're all of adequate age, so they're all uh, aged up. I would honestly be more interested in a cyborg bumblebee child. Interesting, because how does that happen? Oh, hey, hey, bionic penis, like obviously. He's got uh, what is it? Uh, dark side sperm. So fucking <laughs> uh, what? No, 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 anti anti life equation sperm. Is that's how he gets it going? Um, I I don't know. I think if everybody here, I mean, Star Girl just has a staff though, right? Like she's not got anything she, else. Yeah, she doesn't have any powers herself. It's all it all comes from yeah. the staff. So that's not exciting. I would just want to see how OP Poison Ivy and Swamp Thing's kid could be. Yeah. Because they're both insanely OP. Like, could they go, like, to the moon and create life? You know? Like, how OP could they be? Do they need something? Like, could they just take a seed and, like, water to the moon and fucking create life? I don't think it's it's that wild. You yeah. know? But they create oxygen. That's the thing. Right, like don't they say you need to terraform something and then fucking over time like plant shit and then oxygen makes enough of it, like yeah, but like you can't, you don't think that poison ivy and swamp thing can terraform the fucking moon, do you? But they can like recreate life basically anywhere. It feels like on because there has been like world end events. I mean, she created that whole paradise for Harley Quinn under Gotham. So, like, they can create shit in terrible places. Ivy's even in the animated series. She hides out in, like, a toxic area. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, um, and again, she could take over anybody. So, like, I feel like she could take over people, use them to help her. She could take over Superman be like, yo, I need you to move mountains on the moon and, like, you know, do all this shit. And, like, we're going to plant shit. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they'd be super OP. Because also, like, wasn't it... um. Didn't like Swamp Thing do something like crazy in the undead or deceased movie or like thing? Didn't he like kill everybody that was like in a dead area and he like planted himself or some shit? So I remember in the first uh, deceased story, Mm -hmm. he was like the key to everything at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. he, He. I remember that. I feel like they're I think they could do something insane like that. So I would I would go with that. Um moving on, Alexis Barrera says, which of these villains would fit best into the Batman mythos? Michael Myers, Vector, Megamind, uh Syndrome, or Orochimaru Orochimaru. Hands down. Out of all of those, Orochimaru. I think Ooh. he Yeah. For those of you that know that's a Naruto villain. who uh controls like big snakes and stuff like that well he does a lot of things but he is basically like a snake based type of character he's very manipulative um 
And I think he would fit very well into the Batman mythos. Syndrome's a little goofy. I feel like if Syndrome's going to be anywhere, he's going to be in the Superman mythos. Same I can see. Megamind. I can see them in both in the in the same. I can see uh, Syndrome being both a, a Gothamite and uh, uh, part of Metropolis. Um, I just feel like Syndrome would he would admire Superman more because Superman's probably. a bright light and stuff. You know, kind of like yeah. Mr. Incredible. I don't think you'd get that vibe with Batman. Um, but I mean, I could I I, I could okay. believe it a little bit, but not. So who is Vector? I, I have I'm not no idea. I I don't recognize that name at all. Yeah, unless they meant to say like Victor, which isn't that is it Victor Rorschis or how? What's Jason? Oh, I was gonna say what's Jason's real name? It's Jason. Jason Rorschis. I'm dumb. Uh, why is I feel like there's an evil villain named Vector? Victor though, or that's what they could have been trying to go for. But I don't know what Vector is. Oh wait. <laughs> Vector, wait, wait, wait. Is it Vector or Victor? Because I typed in Vector yeah. villain, and it came up with Victor Perkins, which is the villain from Despicable Me, the dude in the orange jumpsuit. Oh, really? Uh, I have never seen Despicable Me, but I know that character because he has the fucking like twerking meme or whatever he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that guy. I feel like that guy's like a Flash villain. Yeah. For some reason, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I think Orochimaru fits into the Batman mythos so well. Because, like, I don't know if snakes, snakes eat bats, if they have the opportunity to or not. Um, but... I think bats would eat snakes. Oh, there you go. I think it even works as well, too. Um, so, yeah, I would, uh, I would say Orochimaru after all of those is probably the best. Last one, we got Clay. What long-term relationship would make fans rage the most? Batman Harley Quinn, Batgirl Red Hood, Penguin Catwoman. Hold on, there's more. Uh, Nightwing spoiler. Rage the most. <sighs> Not Batman Harley. I think there's a lot I, of people that want that. I think it would be spoiler Nightwing. Yeah, probably because be Tim Drake because fans. Not and a Nightwing fans. Nightwing fans with Batgirl. And yeah. Starfire. Like the, the Starfire Batgirl conversation happens on my feed all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, but the uh Bad Girl Red Hood uh was just it was just a phase, guys. Let's just yeah. leave it alone. That three Joker story doesn't exist. Um Penguin and Catwoman, like happened. again, it, it happened. It was just a uh it was just a weird psychedelic dream. We don't yeah. need to, to 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 look back on it. Um, so yeah, I think it would honestly be Nightwing spoiler. Yeah, I've seen Batman Harley in R34, it's a pretty good relationship. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's uh, there's that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, Nightwing, uh, if you include the fandoms, yeah, I think Nightwing and spoiler, Tim Drake and Nightwing fans would go crazy. Um, but if you're being if we're being fair in current comics right now. Tim Drake left her to go be with another guy. So you can't say that spoiler doesn't have the opportunity to go date other people. So just for fairness. True. So, um, but although Nightwing is currently dating Barbara, so it shouldn't matter. But um, yeah. Also, I don't know how big the age gaps are because we don't know how fucking old spoiler is anymore. Cause I thought she was probably pushing like either she's like 18 to 20 
but they make her seem like she's a child in Batgirls. Yeah, the because the implication was that Tim was going off to college. Tim yeah. and her were somewhat the same age uh, for the longest time. Mm-hmm. But then in the most recent Batgirl story uh, with Becky Cloonan, um, they very much made them feel like 14, 15. Yeah. Like, and that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, that would but make... But they, uh... they also... It feels like they've also aged down Tim Drake, though. But it's weird because now he's like living on a boat by himself. So like it kind of doesn't make sense because I'm like, you would still be in school. And it seems like he's I feel like, yeah, he's probably like in college. Like it doesn't make sense. Probably early years of college. I've always viewed Tim Drake as like 16, 17, whereas Nightwing and Red Hood are like early 20s. Batman, yeah. like, you know, mid 30s, maybe early 30s, mid 30s. I always think Batman is 10 to 12 years older than Nightwing. Yeah. That's how I always view it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Anyways, that is it for questions, ladies and gentlemen. So now we are entering the danger zone. If you do not want to listen to spoilers for The Flash, this is your time to stop listening to the podcast just put it on pause go watch the flash come back listen to the rest of the podcast you know what start listening to the podcast on your ride back home to let us know what or to get our thoughts on it uh and then leave a comment on the youtube video to let us know what you thought about the movie um but yeah so starting spoilers in three two one clay what did you think of the flash this was a good movie it was not the best superhero movie out there it was not the greatest super movie out there it was a good movie which i personally think is a good thing for this movie it has been getting a bad rep of course with the uh stuff that's been happening with ezra the fact that this movie has been in development hell for nearly seven years yeah, this movie being a good movie is a good thing. Now, that being said, if it's just a good movie, do I have some gripes with it? Yes, there were some that I shared with Juice immediately after we got out of the theater. Um, mm-hmm. and we were planning on actually recording immediately after, but it was a much later showing than we thought, yeah. and we got home at like nearly midnight. So, we're like, yeah, let's just wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a little sting of anxiety last night um, during the movie, which kind of sucked. And then I just couldn't shake it after the movie. Driving home sucked because I didn't I don't know if you noticed this on my car, but one of my headlights is out. So like really? I was yeah, I was driving and like where you know where we live. There's not a lot of lights. Oh, so, no, no, like, no. Like recently, it, your street has gotten a little bit darker. Recently. Yeah, I don't know why. So uh, they widened it. That's why. Um, but like fucking, yeah, it's like hella dark now. I had one headlight and I was like, had anxiety and I'm like, I'm already nervous that I'm like, dude, if a cop sees me, I'm getting pulled over for this shit. So like that fucking sucks. And so I was just kind of like already nervous from that. But anyway, so yeah, we didn't record last night. Cause I was like, man, I just don't feel comfortable to record. So that's why we're doing it today. But, um, yeah. So do you want to start into those gripes or how do we want to go about this? So, well, I will ask you. What did you think of this movie? So I we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about that intro here in a little bit. 
Dude, when first of all, I loved the start of the actual like uh graphic intro to the movie where they went through all the different like WB signs yes, and that's what I yeah. wanted to point it out. So the really cool thing in the very beginning of this movie, um, you know, because usually it'll have like uh 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 the studio that worked on it or yeah. the, the editing or whatever, and then they'll of course put the studio WB yeah. and then, of course uh DC's logo. And they went through the very first logo of WB all the way to mm -hmm. the current. And they did the same thing with DC. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That it was the coolest that, opening. Yeah. It wasn't that weird, like, DCEU intro where Batman's throwing the Batarang and there's that weird, like, you know, Aquaman and all that kind of stuff. I it think that's, that. I think this is the first DCEU movie, Sans uh, Man of Steel, mm -hmm. that has it, that doesn't have it. Yeah. I think BVS had it. I think Suicide Squad had it. But I think. Everything else, like did they BBS have it? I don't know if BBS had that. I need to look back on it. Yeah, I feel like it started like when we thought we were getting a solidified DCU is when it kind of okay, started. okay, maybe so, like with one of the first Wonder Womans. I was I, I was gonna say probably Wonder Woman was the first one. Then, yeah, if that was the case. Uh, so everything after Wonder Woman has it. Uh, so I assumed. That's what we would be getting in this movie. Yeah. And we didn't get it. Instead, we got the WB and DC going through time. Yeah. That was really fun. I yeah. really enjoyed that. That was awesome. But as for the movie, so I have to kind of like, the movie was a ride for me at points because the intro is something to be witnessed. I will say that. <laughs> and instead of like sitting there and enjoying it, my brain was like, oh, my God, the fucking Internet is going to talk about this like crazy. Yeah. So uh, I I love sitting next to Juice in movies yeah. because Juice reacts without reacting. Yeah. As somebody who has a reaction channel. Yeah. He knows how to keep his composure mm -hmm. in a public place, which I think is absolutely hilarious. But it's his face speaks volumes. Yeah. So this scene, I will let Juice explain the scene, but I watch the scene. I'm like putting my hands on my temple, yeah, like, thinking like his hands were on his face for a while. I was like, what is going on with this movie? Yeah. Um, and I just look at juice and he's like shaking his his head a little bit yeah. and like just like gaping at the fact of what we just watched yeah oh man so let's get into this intro so it starts off at a coffee shop um and you know there's some very like at the start the banter i'm like snyder bros are gonna fucking hate this like i it, it, i hate that they have a, a space in my brain but it's because those are the ones that are going to be bitching online, right? Yeah. And as much as I try to block them, they just fucking sprout. They keep sprouting. They're weeds. Yeah. And so there's this banter going on, which I thought it was good banter for, like, the, the coffee shop guy. There was already some few laughs, like, right at the start of the movie, a few laughs from the audience. And I was like, okay, interesting. Because remember, me and Clay judge things differently than the GA. And yeah. in this studio, in this place we were at, Apparently, we don't know who y'all are. We don't know if you if you know we exist. We found out y'all exist yesterday. Apparently, other reviewers and stuff were in this theater. There yes. was a guy, an older guy in front of us that was getting, he had a little, a few fans. He was sitting next to a few fans. And there was a couple of other guys that had like some masks and stuff that were also people. Because we just heard chatterings of like, oh, that's so-and-so. They, you know, they're probably here to review it and yada, yada, yada. 
And this other guy was talking to this, this dad and son in front of us. They were like, oh, yeah, do you like Spider-Verse? Which I, I have a note on that guy because he said something about Spider-Verse. I was like, well, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so we're in there, some audible laughs. We get a uh, – there's this one moment where Barry's like, where's curly-haired girl? Like, she knows my order. She knows how to do all my stuff. And this guy's all like, oh, she's uh, out, out sick or maybe with her new boyfriend. And, like, it's just a chatty, like, Starbucks yeah. kind of character. And Barry's like, I'm fucking late. I need you to hurry up. And, um, you know, he gets a call from Alfred. Alfred's like, hey, there's some drama going on in Gotham. And Barry's like, can't you call Superman? He's like, kind of busy. Can't you call Diana? You, you see on the TV, yeah. Superman is. You see the back of Superman. Yeah. By the way, yeah. you see the back of Superman, uh, and he is like heat visioning. Like it looks. I can't remember what it was actually. No, I'm not uh, too sure. Whether it be like on an island somewhere or something, but it was like a crisis, and you saw him uh, somewhere else. Yeah. And then Barry mentions Wonder Woman. He's like, I tried. She's just not answering. Yeah. And he's like well, this is a Gotham problem. Why isn't our bat friend even doing anything about it? Yeah. He's like, well, actually he is, but he's somewhere else in Gotham. So you yeah. need to figure out this problem. Yeah. And the one thing you'll notice about this movie is there's a lot of comments that push the story along without them showing it. And I'm curious, because yeah. I know you are somebody that you'd rather be seen than told, but mm -hmm. I think sometimes you have to do that. And there's one very key moment that they do that at the very end to make sense of something. I want to get your thoughts on that at the very end. But um, one of the comments was he was like, oh, wow, I'm surprised that Bruce is even awake at this hour because it's during the day. Yeah. And you don't really ever see Batman out during the day much. So, uh, and what's happening is everybody's seen this in the trailers already and stuff like that, but it's where Batman's on the fucking bike and he's chasing somebody down. He's trying to chase down some guys that have some very bad things that can destroy Gotham, like always. But Barry's called in because he's like, oh, yeah, there's like some pipes rupturing, up rupturing and stuff, and we need people to be saved from this hospital. Barry gets there, and he's just very like, this sucks. Like, you know, I got things to do, yada, yada. And uh, Alfred's all like, oh, pipes are bursting. Like, you need to kind of go save somebody. I thought that before that happens, though, he saves somebody that is like falling to the ground. I thought it was very funny that he, instead of going down and grabbing them and saving them, he uses a thing to grab, like to tie around them so they don't he, fall. He uses a hose from a fire truck. Yeah. Ties it around them and then goes off. And you just see the guy like hanging. Yeah. It, like, I'm like, dude, you could have just grabbed him and then just put him on the ground. Like, why, why did yeah. you do that? To be fair, though, I think he kind of mentions why he doesn't do that, though. Oh, yes. He, he and we'll, we'll mention yeah. it when, when that conversation happens. Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. So as this goes on, just to fast forward, the building starts collapsing and they're showing this one nurse that is stuck in the building that is already starting to break down. And she's in the nursery. I don't know what the, is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't know yeah, where yeah. they keep all the babies. Yeah. And there's all these babies just chilling and one nurse and there's it's like a, a, a hospital that's really high up many, many stories and all the glass shatters and they start falling and Barry's like, oh, shit. And you see this the shit me and clay i saw clay like freak out when this one part happened the lady grabs one of the babies as all the other ones start flying out of the windows they're just falling and she grabs this one and when she falls out the window she just chunks this baby she lets go <laughs> of the baby i almost audibly like gasped i was like clay what like moved in his chair and i'm like what the f what and i just st stood still because i'm like oh no 
because I'm already thinking about like one. I was like, they're gonna make comments about CGI here. I was mm-hmm. like, people are already gonna bitch about that, and just the awkwardness of her chunking a baby. Like, is people are gonna say that? And then that's not even the craziest thing. So Barry, he has this. I thought this was a little a nice touch. He monitors his calories yes. to see like how much energy he has, which I think is kind of cool. And um, he's like, I'm very low on energy. Like, but he sees all the babies falling and he's like, oh, fuck. So he jumps up. We've seen this in the trailer, this moment where he goes upward and he's like traveling up a a barrier. And you think he's about to capture all of the babies that are about to fall. And it makes it seem like that. And he's like thinking of like, oh, he's seeing in real time, like how all of these babies are about to die because one's about to get hit by knives. Another one's about to get hit by fire. Acid's going to, I don't know why acid was near a baby, but like acid's about to fall on a baby, like all of these scenarios. And then of course he sees the nurse like falling and like trying to grab a baby, right? All like, uh, what is the famous painting of God and David or whatever it is? uh, I don't know what it's called, but it looks like that, but a baby and fucking the nurse. And of course, they kind of do an MCU joke here and he runs up and it looks like he's about to save the nurse and there's a vending machine and yeah, he, he breaks he, it. He moves the nurse yeah. out of the way and he jumps on top of the vending machine, breaks it open and just starts snacking yeah. super fast. Everything is still slow-mo, but it's going a little bit faster now that mm-hmm. he's like pulled his attention away. And then it goes back now that he has the energy. Yeah. And this is where his like plan of action starts to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. He, you see him like eating a burrito for some reason, and then like he throws the burrito. He grabs a pan and he throws the pan. Yeah. Like he goes, and essentially he starts to like move things, mm-hmm. and those objects then touch the other objects that pretty much put the babies in in a safer position, right? Yeah. Uh, eventually, the baby that's about to get hit by fire. that was the wildest fucking thing the flash grabs a microwave opens the microwave and then catches the baby in the mic he doesn't put the baby in the microwave Mm -hmm. he puts the microwave around the baby yeah closes the door and then you see him slowly start to like he uses his fingers to kind of like slowly guide the things down yeah eventually they get close enough to the ground there is a dog too that's fine a service dog yeah yeah he he eventually gets to the ground where he has like a little stretcher from an ambulance and he's slowly putting the babies on the the stretcher he grabs the nurse he puts the dog on it he puts the microwave on the stretcher also mm-hmm. and he, finally everything stops the woman screams he's like oh yeah hold on and he op- like the <laughs> the microwave dings like as yeah. if it was done he opens the microwave and hands the baby to her the nurse screams even more. This had, I think, a good chunk of the theater laughing. Yeah. But I I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. I was <laughs> that tra- that intro really had me worried because I was yeah. like, they're starting off this silly. Like this could be really bad. Yeah. And I wasn't really laughing. Any- I was like, because uh, I don't I didn't know what to expect from this movie. And when you intro something with that, like if this scene was in the middle of the movie, I think I would have probably enjoyed it way more because you would have built up the characters. I would have known how silly they were kind of were or whatever. But right at the start, I was just like, oh, no. And um, I was already a little worried. Clay's hands were still on his head at this point. 
And Barry's all like, yeah, you should probably uh, talk to a therapist and do some traumatic stuff because this could affect your life. The Justice League's not really good with that. So um, bye. And he like leaves. And that's when it cuts to Batman doing Batman shit. And so I was, I was going like, to ask you, okay. So majority of what we saw mm-hmm. is a majority of what we've seen in the trailers. Yes, unfortunately. But there is one particular scene that you have avoided like the plague. Mm-hmm. And I want to know your opinion on it. Was it when, at the start? No, no, no. It's at the end. So oh. uh, Batman is having to talk about that. Well, no, no oh, not... I guess it's already in the trailer. It's in the trailer. The okay. the it's it's the chase scene. Mm-hmm. So the chase scene, uh, it's actually really good. I really like the chase scene. Uh, there's a point where Batman like has this like rod that comes out of his bike and he crashes into two cars to get yeah. them out of the way. I was like, holy yeah. shit! Hope those people are safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up getting onto uh, a bridge and they, the, the bad guys basically crash a car Mm -hmm. and Batman basically has to get rid of his motorcycle. Right. Yeah. And this is where we see a really cool scene where uh, he is like, well, the first thing that happens is he like is twirling Mm -hmm. out of the fire. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool looking. Mm -hmm. So from that moment on, where you see him using the grappling hook onto the car and everything else. How did you feel about the close-ups on Batman and his suit seeing it in action? Um, the blue didn't stand out as much as I thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that. But dude, just in that, like, I mean, he probably has what, like two to five minutes of screen time, you know? As Batman, yeah. Yeah. But that chasing, dude. The amount of shit he has on that bike was so fucking Batman. First, he has the battering ram that you showed. His when he turns his like uh, the the fucking rocket booster turns into like a thing to help him like uh, fucking basically drift, drift. Yeah. and then yeah. it turns back into a rocket. Which I thought that was fucking clever as fuck because that would explain how he can turn things so like uh, quickly. Um, he has shields to block him from shooting, like from you know getting uh you know dodgy machine guns or whatever and like i was just like holy fuck this is so batman awesome like you know what i mean i just thought that was really cool and he got dropped off by a fucking batwing you know uh, and i thought that was really cool and so like very batman-esque one thing i do have a complaint about they used they made affleck do a batman voice and i don't think it was good yeah they didn't use his uh voice Voice modulator Yeah. yeah i don't know why they would change that um, so that means if Muschietti is going to be the Batman Beyond or Batman Brave and the Bold director, probably not going to do voice changer, which is okay if you get somebody that knows how to do a good voice. I didn't think Pattinson's was too bad. I also didn't think Pattinson was that different from Bruce to Batman. Yeah. You know, so curious on the stylistic choices there, but we'll talk about that a little later, if anything, after we do our whole review. But, um, yeah, only thing I didn't like was that. Then, um, I don't know what you thought about this, because I feel like people are going to talk about this. Uh, he actually catches up to the bad guys. May or may not have killed some. I don't really know. They're going pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, going pretty fast. He uh, throws one off while they're driving. Uh, and he and then intimidate. Yeah, he, yeah, he intimidates somebody to jump out of a car at, yeah. like, 
a 60 to 80 mile an hour vehicle. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you, if you want to keep, if you're doing Batman stuff like this, the one thing you need to show after this is you need to show those people captured or getting yeah. arrested and being like, Hey, those guys are pretty beat up, but you know, they'll live. That's all you got to do. You don't got to do that every single time, but you got to have a reporter be like, surprisingly, no casualties were yada, 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 you know, whatever. Um, uh, and stuff like that. But here, Batman kind of, yeah, threw caution to the wind was fucking these guys up. And then they uh, they fall off of the mountain, or they fall off, not a mountain, they fall off the bridge. Batman uses his grappling hook and holds on to this guy. I thought it was very cool. I love the wide shot of Batman just hanging from the thing holding this dude. It was really cool. The guy was about to fall. I legit thought that Flash was going to come, like, running yeah. on water and capture the capture either the guy or if the thing were going to drop because Alfred was like, if that thing touches the water, it'll destroy half of Gotham. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. So I thought Flash was going to come in to save the day. Mm -hmm. But instead, we see a golden fucking lasso. Yeah. And Wonder Woman pulls up Batman and this criminal and, um, you know, she's there and he's all like, I'm glad you showed up. Like, Batman's very goofy at this point. And I was like, oh, no. But then they show the lasso. It's tied around him. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh. And then the, he's like, I got I got a lot of childhood trauma. And the guy's like, I got a lot of childhood trauma, too. And Barry shows up and he's like, oh, no. And then Barry's like touching the, the lasso to help <laughs> Bruce get it off. Because Diana's just like looking at them. Because like. When he says it, it kind of gives a vibe like, oh, is there something between Diana and Bruce here? The way yeah. he talks. And I'm and that could track with what we saw in the Snyder movie and all that kind of jazz. Well, I don't remember it too much. If I think it was more in Justice League than other ones. It was right? no no no. It was more in the in the in the Snyder movie because oh, okay. uh they they had a little bit more on screen together in the mm, Snyder. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was just trying to think of like, is that scene where she pops his shoulder in the in Snyder's movie? Because that's when they kind of like bond and talk. I just don't know if that's in Snyder's. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways. Um. So there's. It looks like there's a little flirtatious going on there, but you find out because he his demeanor is totally different, and you're just like, oh, that's not Batman. I don't like jokey Batman. I am not a fan. Like that's an, instantly what my brain thought. Then I I saw the lasso, and I was like. I can let it slide. No. Um, and I was like, all right, whatever. Cause it's the lasso. The lasso t makes you tell your full truth. Granted, I did see some people on Twitter. Cause obviously some people saw this movie in the fan. Somebody was like, we don't like jokey Batman. The only jokey lasso of truth thing he should do is say I'm Batman. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I didn't bother that too much. Barry gets caught up in this. And I, this is at the moment when I'm like, they're going a very interesting way with the Flash character. And I would come to really enjoy it by the end. At first, I thought it was a little off-putting. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, so he is caught up in the lasso because he's trying to get Bruce uh, off of it or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I know what sex is. I've just never experienced it before. And yeah. like, it, it, it lets go of it or whatever. Yeah. And one woman's like, it was nice seeing you guys again. See y'all later. And she flies off. Mm -hmm. um, I will say this. The character of Barry, because mm -hmm. we will get to another important part of Barry's story uh, later on in this movie. Um, a lot of dick jokes. Yeah. A yeah. lot. Like from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. there is a lot of dick jokes loves the word shit too yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're gonna talk about it. It comes mostly from one berry more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it will make sense of it here in a little bit. But anyways, so uh, Bruce and Barry kind of talk about it. And uh, they're like, there's no coming back from that, is there? And he's like, nope. And so we move on from that. And if I'm not mistaken, he goes back to the coffee shop. And he kind of like gets his thing. And he goes off to uh, his, his job. job. And uh, we can kind of fast forward through a lot of this. It's where he kind of meets Iris West. I did not know the Latino that's in this movie that is his quote unquote friend at coworker or whatever is the vine guy. Yeah. I didn't fucking know that, which makes sense on why David Dobrik's dumbass was at, uh, the flash screening, uh, the red carpet. Yeah. I hate David Dobrik. He sucks. I think he's a terrible human, but like he, they grew up, they came up together on vine and I was yeah. like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Now I was shocked. I was just all like, that's a huge come up for that guy. Yeah. I, I knew that he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to share it with you because I didn't want you to get any yeah. more information about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pre- pleasantly surprised there. Like, I love seeing, even though I may, I actually like that guy's comedy. He did some cool stuff for a long time. Um, g- good get for him, man. That can, yeah. That's awesome. I love seeing that come up. That's great. Uh, so I was very shocked by that. I was like, oh, because he's like on a Segway or like the, what do they, they call them? Hoverboards, but they're not really hoverboards. Uh, yeah. And he's like on one of those. And then there's like this like goofy girl that's like, I guess his girlfriend. I don't know if they're boyfriend, girlfriend in that particular moment, um, but they're coworkers. Yeah. And so they're making fun of Barry, essentially. And Barry's like trying to, you know, solve a case or whatever. His boss kind of gets in, like reams him, essentially. This is where we meet Iris West, because I guess his boss was closing a case that Barry was still working on. And he's like, I'm still yeah. working on that evidence. Like, why is he doing this? And his friends are like, who fucking cares? And Barry this is where you get a little bit of the first emotion from Barry because yeah. he's like, because it fucking matters. Like these are people's lives. He doesn't say fucking not there at least. And um, he's all like, cause this matters. And I don't know at this point, if these two people know his father, I would I think they would. I like, think that he, that the Allen case yeah. is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that they would connect the dots. Yeah. They're just but shitty I, people. Yeah. I was going to say they're yeah. shitty enough people to not give a fuck. About, yeah. About how he's connected to that. Yeah. Iris shows up. She wants to talk to him. They try to make jokes about him and you know, that kind of whatever. And then Iris kind of reveals, she's like, Oh yeah, I am a reporter. And he's like, Oh, I have no official comment. And so like Barry automatically catches on to that. Iris might be trying to get a scoop out of him. And he tries to say, like, my dad's innocent. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's what you would think. And, like, Iris is kind of being a little bitch here. Like, not not intentionally, but, like, what she's saying can kind of come off as kind of rude. Yeah. And Barry's like, I have to go. And she kind of understands that. She's like, oh, I kind of fucked up there. And um, so Barry leaves. And at this point, I think, does he just go home and he, like, gets a note from Bruce Wainwright, checks the footage, it's not what he wanted. And then he talks yeah, to his dad. It- and he talks to his dad uh, at the penitentiary. Yeah. Um, and this is when he actually, like, they have a conversation about his mother. Mm-hmm. And while on the phone, yeah. uh, he transfers it to his suit and he runs to his childhood home. Yeah. And, like, they're having a conversation. Um, this is something that they have changed for the movies. Um, his mother is Mexican. Uh, yeah. I was just all like, yeah flash half mexican fuck yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh i thought that was really really cool um 
great performance by the mother, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I thought she did very, very well uh, in every scene that she was in. Um, and they're kind of reminiscing on the fact that like, oh, she would sing when, you know, when she was at home and mm-hmm. they kind of make a joke out of it or whatever. Um, and then eventually the call gets get disconnected because, yeah. uh, you know, you can only be on the phone for so long when when you're locked up or whatever. Uh, Barry is upset from the emotional conversation and bringing back memories and he starts to run. Mm-hmm. And this run, you could tell it's going to be different because they whenever he runs from the moment the movie starts to now mm-hmm. they put a close up on his face yeah but at this time they do a close up at his feet and his feet just keep going and going and going and going and then eventually you see him like basically go into space time i believe mm-hmm. and it's all black and blue and then yeah. like things start to like stretch and get all wonky and weird and then, like, this weird dome comes over him, mm-hmm. and there's, like, I don't exactly know what to call it, but it's, like, almost like a stadium setting where, like, all of these things are surrounding him, yeah. or a coliseum, almost, yeah. like, setting. Um, And if you look close enough, they're, like, events that have happened that day, mm-hmm. and he's, like, running and it's so weird when he's in that dome, when he's running, he's actually, his feet are going backwards. Yeah. Is something that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees like the baby from when he was at the hospital and he like puts his face near it and it turns into like a weird floating head and mm-hmm. you see the flash in the background. So you're like, oh, he's traveling through time. Cool. And then it just fades to black and you just hear Bruce Wayne's voice saying, so you went back in time. And then it goes mm-hmm. into that scene. Yeah. And that's the scene that we've seen in the trailer. Like, yeah. oh, you know, I can change, you know, time. I can save my family. I can save your parents. I really like this conversation. Because mm-hmm. um, I like the emotion on Bruce's face. That's just like, okay, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. like because you can almost seem like you could headcanon, like Bruce actually thinking about it for like a split second and then being like, no, that's not how things are supposed to be. You yeah. know, which I really appreciate. Yeah, that was a really good scene um, as well, uh, for sure. And then that's when after they have a top, he's like, I could I could go back and save my mom. I, I could save your parents. You know, like it's a really good conversation. And that's when, you know, Flash is kind of defeated at that point. Bruce takes off uh, in his very fancy car, which uh, I know those cars don't exist. They're like prototype cars that they lend out for these movies. And um iris west is there and she's like hey barry and she's like very expensive friends and he's like oh is it uber executive and like so i will say if you don't like that kind of quirkiness you might hate this movie because that is very much the flash like there is this scene like barry at the start of the movie when he's about to run you see it in the trailers when his visors come down that's a silly moment there too but i kind of liked it i'm like oh yeah people would probably freak out for the flash if they saw him like about to run you know (laughs) Hey, I see that you have that candy bar. Can you yeah. throw it over to me in the name of justice? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I was letting all that kind of stuff slide because I'm like, I also have to remember, I'm like, we're building something new. Yeah. Like, you you have to throw out everything you've seen before. You just yeah. have to. Granted, we know Snyder Bros are going to hang on to some moments in this movie mm-hmm. um, while they bash it. So, um, so anything. So, like, 
that there's all these moments and iris starts talking to, to barry and there's some funny moments here where he's like yeah like um you know he he speeds up really fastly to go clean his apartment and they she walks in and she's like man this is a lot cleaner than i thought it was gonna be and there's like some quirky jokes where everything explodes out of the closet and she's like kind of like oh, i expected that and then yeah. she's like you got a beer or anything like that that's when we learn he knows how to phase yeah. He phases through his apartment to get some beers. There's a, you know, kind of a, I don't want, I don't want to necessarily say it's a slapstick comedy moment, but he opens up the beer and it explodes because he just sh- phased everything, right? So it's going to be extremely under pressure. I thought that was a nice little touch. And they're having a conversation. And while they're having this conversation, Barry's like, oh, he's thinking about what the talk he had with Bruce. And Iris doesn't really understand this. She thinks that Barry's just kind of quirky. And he's yeah. all like, I could go back. And like, they wouldn't even understand. I could just put like a can of soup there. Cause like, that's what happens in the flashback that we noticed is his dad goes to the store to get a can of soup. And that's when his mom dies. Um, which one thing to, to kind of jump forward into the spoiler of this, we never realize how his mom died. They never show that. Yeah. So, but I think, I think there's a reason for it and, and, and yeah. I'll get to it later. Okay. So, um, so yeah, very interesting thing there, but that's how we know his, his dad was caught is because, uh, he went to go get a can of soup and it had to be a certain color or whatever. And, um, so, so Barry's like, I can put the soup in her, in her cart and then it'll never happen. And so he's like, sorry, Iris, I got to go. And like, he leaves his apartment and she's like, but this is, and he's like, oh, I uh, had a nice time. And then he leaves and basically leaves her in his apartment. And it's just like these weird, quirky personality that Barry has that I was like, oh, I'm starting to take a kind of like a, a liking to it. Um, yeah. It was a little abrasive at the start, like I said, um, because you fucking threw so much at me in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And so I'm like, now I'm starting to get to know the character. Okay, cool. Um, Barry runs through time. He starts running to go back. He goes all the way back and he's like, is this good enough? Goes all the way to the supermarket and does what he needs to do, right? He puts the can of soup in his mom's basket, all that kind of shit. Then he starts running back and he's like, all right, is this good enough? And he starts seeing all these memories that he never knew of, like 10th birthday, all this kind of shit. And you're just like, oh, cool. And then he finally gets home and he's all like, he's there. And he's like, I got to get out of my flash suit, right? By the way, no, the no, suit. Oh, that's not what happens. No, no, no. no? So he's running, uh-huh. and as he's running, oh back, yeah, this yeah. thing mm-hmm. comes up. It has purple red eyes, like a hueish, like a purple yeah. red hue, purple lightning, and just smashes into Barry yeah, while yeah. in the Speed Force, and it throws him right in front of his house. And he's like, oh well, uh. Let's see. Uh, and he's looking around. He sees some old people. He steals some of their clothes. Yeah. And, like runs in, into the house. He sees his mother. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, you you're back a little early. Like, what's going on? And like his dad's like, oh, you look really old. What's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and he goes into his room. He gets dressed. They're having lunch, I assume. It's the middle of the day. And he's acting very weird compared to what they think of him. Mm-hmm. And this is where he sees his younger self. Yeah. Um, he goes, and this is a part that we've seen in the trailers. He tackles him. He goes uh, to the side of the house. They see each other. And then when they're in the room, he finds out that he's 18 years old. Yeah. So I think this is also the first shit joke. In yeah. the, We'll get a bunch of them. Because like he's, he's eating food. He sees himself. And he's like, oh, shit. 
And then his parents are like, whoa, like what? And then he runs to the back door. He's like, I got a shit outside. And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and that's when he gets him. And then he goes through all of that stuff. And Barry, I look, I'm not a big fan of the double actor thing much. Like unless it's Freaky Friday and Lindsay Lohan, I don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I really are Michelle from Full House. Um. But here it kind of worked because Ezra Miller played very two different, two very different personalities. Yes, I think he played the dumb eighteen-year-old very well. Yeah, and his attitude and who he is as an individual very much changed. The mm -hmm. older one yeah. did once he was stuck in time. Mm -hmm. He had those moments where he would be his quirky self and yeah. kind of like anxious and th stuff like that throughout the movie but you could tell immediately when both of them were on screen you can tell immediately which one was which yeah and the only problem that i had with that is leaving the movie i told juice i was like how is it that this movie has been in development for seven years and it still doesn't look like it's finished mm -hmm. and the reason why i said that is because there are moments not all the time but there are moments when you see both ezra's on the screen mm -hmm one or the other's face just looks a little off. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to look at it. Um, and it's just, it just felt weird to me uh, there in the speed force. When you see the dome or the Coliseum type of like timeline yeah. that we uh, will reference throughout this review, um, that is all CGI. Yeah. Um, and it isn't very polished, but one criticism that uh, that Juice had when we were getting out of the theater is you can't film all of that. No, you can't. Like you, you can't. Like I think you could have had like a little bit of like a fishbowl type of lens and mm -hmm. showed like maybe like little pockets of that type of stuff. But I think I, I think you're right. I think it would just be too much. I also to... think it was a stylish a stylistic thing though too. Yeah, because yeah. like. Because we'll talk about it at the very end when we see a bunch of shit. Like, I don't, you couldn't have filmed all of that stuff too. Like, they're not working on an end game budget here. The, what I equate it to, um, any fans of Man of Steel, um, when Jarrell is telling the history of the Kryptonians to Clark with the, uh, kryptonian technology it's like the little beads on the wall and they're like telling a story and stuff mm. like it's almost like that but with just more familiar cgi to what we normally see cgi yeah. as yeah so um just to kind of like jump through it a little bit so barry basically is telling the other barry that he's a superhero and i like how he, he's young he's 18 and he kind of like fucks with barry and he's like, do the thing again. He's like, no. He's like, no. He's like, ma. He's like, no. Yeah, yeah. And then like Barry builds a fort for him, and he's like, cool. And he's like, now put it back. And then like that's when Barry does it again, and this is when he notices something that kind of makes him a little upset. And he, this monkey that is a really like uh, uh, sentimental to him, is used as a dartboard. And yeah. so he's like, what the fuck? And he also sees a bunch of photos with his parents as well. And so at this point, he's all like you know yeah we're gonna be superheroes or like whatever and he's like oh that's awesome and he's all like he was like but i got a date tonight and he's like with who he's like oh this girl from my econ class he's like iris west he's like do we marry her and then he's all like uh and he's like sweet he's like but yeah i gotta do that and he's like he's like well what's tonight 
he's like, oh, it starts raining. And he's all yeah. like, oh, man, that might mess up my date. And he's like, wait, what's the night? Or what's the day? And then, like, he's like, oh, it's Tuesday or whatever. I don't know. He says the date. He, he says Tuesday. He's like, no, what's the date? And he said, yeah. oh, June 27th. Yeah. And June 27th, I believe that's the date. Yeah, it might be the 29th. The, I don't remember. Uh, is the day that he gets struck by lightning. He's yeah. like, oh, this is the day that we get powers. Uh, and he's like, powers? What? He's like, yeah. But if you don't get powers, that means I don't get powers. That means that I'm not even supposed to be here. And we're going to break time. So yeah. we have to go get powers. And so uh, he tells them that he's doing an internship at the uh, at the same job that he had in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get to see a really cool, like, in my opinion, one of the coolest visuals for phasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picks up younger Barry and starts to phase. And it zooms in on younger Barry's eye. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the eyeball touches the door, it zooms into like the molecular level and you just see all of the molecules like just phasing between each other and bouncing. I thought that was really cool. Like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It, you could have easily, very easily just seen them go from one side to the other and it would have been that easy, Yeah, but make like basically teaching the audience, the general audience, the people who don't know how this thing works. Hey, this is how they're doing it Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really cool yeah no that's cool it makes sense like this is how that power is working right is essentially what you're doing so yeah that was cool then they basically get to where they need to be at uh there's a funny little joke at that point when they phase again at this one moment and then barry's like all right i gotta set everything up to like how exactly how it happened he was like i gotta open these things because the lightning comes through it hits this and you're gonna be sitting right here and you're gonna get electrocuted he's like electrocuted he's like, i don't, I don't want to get hit by lightning and he's all like don't really, this is how you're gonna get powers he's like, yeah i don't i don't want to get hit by lightning and so they're kind of fighting with each other the lightning comes through and barry's kind of there it happens so fast right it hits everything it goes through future barry and hits young barry and they're both on the ground and he looks over, uh, uh, older Barry looks at fucking young Barry and he's just like, he sees his skin heal and he's all like, all right, it worked. And, uh, at this point is when they're like, alarms go off security's like, Oh shit, what's going on? And they're like, we got to get out of here. And he's picking up Barry. Uh, cause young Barry's like unconscious at this point. So future Barry's picking him up and he's like, all right, we got to get out of here. And he tries to phase. And I thought this was kind of cringy. Part of it was kind of cringy is when he tries to go through the thing and he bumps into it. I'm like, Okay, I, I saw that coming. Like that was kind of like, yeah. And then he's like, "Let me try to." He tries to do it himself, and he just runs into the wall. And I was like, "Okay, that was kind of lame." And then he was like, and then he tries to run. He gets and, in that stupid yeah. pose that he does as the Flash. Yeah. And then, and that's the thing that I. Uh, so future Barry, the Barry mm-hmm. that we start off with, yeah, still runs the exact same way that you hate him to run. Yeah. You notice that? So here's the thing. He his hands move the same way, not his feet. Okay, go okay, back okay. and watch the the even in the Snyder cut, his legs like bold out, like he like kicks yeah. like a, out, and it looks really fucking dumb. But here he does the hand movements, but his feet act like an actual runner. So okay. I can get on board with that. Okay, um, okay it's okay. just the feet look extremely stupid in the Justice League movies. So, um, and yeah, so there's that, but he starts running around like in super slow and it looks so dumb, but it looks like something somebody would do in a YouTube video. 
So I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Like, and this had the theater laughing. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, and they let it go for a decent amount of time. And you, you just hear the squeaks of the shoes. Yeah. That's all you hear. And, it's all and he's like going through and he's like, oh no, I'm slow. And uh, that's when the point is like, I forget how, I forgot how they got out. I don't think they show it. Um, I'm trying to think. He, he, they just go to his apartment? Yeah. Yeah, just, so I guess. I guess they show they don't show him get out because uh, I can't remember if they do. He just says I'm slow and maybe they're in the apartment. I don't remember. But anyways, they're back in the apartment and this is when Young Barry kind of wakes up and he's like, "Whoa, what's going on?" He was all like, "Dude, like I lost my powers and you have power." He's like, "I got powers." And this happens. This happens before like they wake up in his room, right? Like, yeah. and all the other people are there. So. um, yeah, he he's like, I got powers. And he's like, yes, but he's like, you got to chill. And then he's like, starts running around. He's like, this is cool. He's like jumping on the bed. And he's like, dude, you need to chill because, and he's like, ah. Uh. And then Young Barry does this thing where he does the Speedy Gonzalez like pose. And he's like, yes, yeah, Speedy Gonzalez. And he's like, bye. And then he like, boom. He's <laughs> but gone. I love I love that future Barry is like, yes, Speedy Gonzalez. I've done it plenty yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah. And then he's gone. And this is when we see, I think this was actually needed because we never got to experience the Flash getting his powers for the first time. Yes. So it was nice to see a, a Barry enjoying his new powers. And he's like going like fucking full speed. He's like laughing, enjoying it. He's stealing pizza, He but he doesn't know how to eat it in like real time. So it's like disintegrating. And like there's all of these moments where he's just trying to enjoy it, but then his clothes start catching on fire. And he's like, yeah. oh, oh, what the hell? And he's like trying to put himself out, crashes into something that's some something else into crashing. Like every, all chaos just ensues. And then he's just naked. We see a lot of Ezra Miller ass in this movie. <laughs> so like you see Ezra Miller and he's there and he's like, oh, crap. And then he like takes off and he shows back up at his apartment and he's naked. And Barry's like, yeah, if you would have stayed, I could have told you what happens to your clothes. And uh, then they kind of like start talking about all this stuff. And he's all like, all right, what we're going to need to do, he, he's trying to explain some stuff to him. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, the phasing. He's like, you're, you're not good enough for phasing yet. He's like, ah. and he phases through the floor, still naked, or like he had a robe on and the robe doesn't go through, but only his body does. And so like he phases through the floor and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he comes back up with a pot, like covering his junk again. He's like, yeah, would you stop doing stuff until I finish talking? And so like, we're getting all this banter back and forth. Really good banter, in my opinion. Yeah. And so, which again, this is very phenomenal for Ezra Miller to do this with himself. Like, maybe they had somebody running the lines there. I don't really know. But it, it worked really well. It never felt off, in my opinion. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that's really cool. And then I think, is this when they wake up in the apartment and stuff like that? And then that's when he's like, all his friends are there? or No, no, no. So what ends up happening is uh, Barry, uh, the younger Barry, is uh, he ends up like saying, like, are we always hungry? Are we always tired? Like, what's yeah. going on? He's like, yes, like, this is just the way things are now. And he like starts to talk to him and then he falls asleep. Mm, he's like, yes, yes. All right. Well, I guess we'll just pick this up in the morning. Yeah. Um. So from there, he tells him like, "Okay, like this is how things are gonna go," and from there he is. I can't remember from there to 
to when they figure out Zod is is coming. Like, I yeah. Can't... So I think they go. This is probably when they go to the park to try to test out the suit. Oh, that's right. And that's then right. They, we find out about Zod. We learn about the ring uh, yeah. for the suit, and that's where we see the ring for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and you know, younger Barry makes again. This is tight. It hurts. You know where yeah. it hurts the dick and like yeah. you, barry's like okay yeah i understand i know i know yeah just like just just put it on yeah. then we on. yeah and then people are freaking out uh and that's when we find out about zod we see it on the news then then we find out something very interesting is that barry's asking he's like oh so who's this zod guy he's like i knew him i wasn't able to do anything and we find out that the original barry was there the day zod fucking showed up yeah so this scene um, where you see in the flashback mm-hmm. where Barry is in Metropolis and you see everybody from the world engine, like all of the stuff like going up in the air and then smacking down on the ground. Um, and we see the little kid. This scene was actually in a trailer. Uh, Juice. Oh, okay. And you saw what we thought as the fans watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. We thought this was the other unexperienced Barry. Oh, that's what the theory was. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so weird. Like, this is just this other timeline, and that's the other Barry. But our Barry is somewhere trying to like fight Zod mm-hmm. and like Superman. Like, people still at this point thought Superman was going to be a part of it and all this stuff. Um, but no, to learn this was actually our timeline. Yeah, and that's our Barry. Like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um. This showed very deep character development. Mm-hmm. This showed, it, this proved to him, like, hey, I need to be better mm-hmm. because I was able to save this kid. I wasn't able to save his father. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that, that was, was really, really cool. Good. Yeah. Um. Definitely fix something. I mean, it doesn't fix anything. But if you were somebody that wa- you didn't watch Snyder's thing. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter because he, he saved people p- before that. But like there was that one line, like save one. And that's all you got to do. Right. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, he technically already saved one. But, you yeah. know, uh, so kind of you can't really remember any of the movies prior to that. But anyways. So, yeah, we learn about Zod. And this is when Barry makes his his idea. And he's just like, we got to find the rest of the Justice League because we're yeah. Superman. Like he was he showed up immediately when Zod was there. And so uh, they go back to the apartment. I think this is when we meet the friends. And yeah. he's all like, oh, what's that smell? And he's like, oh, that's probably uh, Gary. And there's like this yeah. big slothy guy on the couch. And then there's these two people in a bed, which are the co-workers. But they're like, I guess his roommates are friends as yeah. well. And uh, they're dating in this. And of course, one's a musician, the guy that's from Vine. He's like playing some music, whatever. The other girl is just like, she sees both of the faces from Barry. And he's like, this is my cousin. Uh, Barry and she's like I'm hungry and then so she doesn't even give a fuck like none of them give a fuck they all feel like they're stoners and uh, they start talking about like time travel or whatever back to the future and they're like yeah Michael J. Fox he's like no and it's the original guy that got cast right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name but uh, the original Barry's like okay let's look up uh, Victor Stone yeah. uh, Gotham University okay he hasn't turned cyborg yet Okay, let's look up Aquaman. And they're like, mm-hmm. what is that? Like a super mermaid or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, it's just a regular old dude with a whole bunch of tattoos. He's just like, awesome. 
and like he ends up calling uh thomas curry yeah um he's like hey uh can i speak to arthur he's like you want to speak to my dog yeah no, no 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 like arthur like your son like you're you're married to the queen of atlantis right and arthur like turns around or, or, yeah. or thomas turns around and it's just this woman in a robe just like yeah just like i can't remember if she's like eating ice cream or whatever but she's yeah, just like, like picking out yeah she's yeah. picking out in, in the front of the tv and she's like and he's like yeah no and he just like hangs up yeah and this is when barry is starting to freak out he's like oh no i broke time like, yeah there's no metahumans there's no nothing uh and this is when they're having the conversation uh about uh back to the future because mm-hmm. the gary keeps saying the other actor yeah and barry gets frustrated like super frustrated he's like no why do you keep saying that back to the future famously has michael j fox as marty mcfly yeah he's like oh is that so then why is so and so on my leg and he like shows him the tattoo he's like that tattoo's upside down he's like is it and he like lifts his leg up (laughs) in tidy whities and everything he's just like is it and then he was all like he was like no it's michael j fox he's like you mean the guy from footloose and he's like no that's kevin bacon and the girl, the girl's like, "Oh, you mean the person from like what is?" Um... Eric Stoltz is the original actor that was okay, yeah, originally like supposed Stoltz. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Eric Stoltz is Back to the Future," and it's like, "No, it's uh, uh, you know, freaking Michael J. Fox." He's like, "The guy from Footloose." He's like, "No, that's Kevin Bacon." He's like, "Oh, you mean the guy from the you know where they're playing volleyball on the beach and like they're flying the planes?" And they're like, like, "Oh yeah, Top yeah. Gun." Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, that's that's not how any of this like what what." And that's yeah. when he has his rant. He's like. I need to find Batman. And that's when the girl says, I'm Batman. Yeah. And Barry like freezes and he turns around. He's like, what did you just say? And she's like, I'm Batman. And she's like, she burps or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's laughing or whatever. He's like, wait, Batman exists. And Gary's like, yeah, like everybody knows he exists. Just nobody knows who he is. Yeah. And that's when Barry's like, oh, we have to go to that cousin's dinner. Like, Mm -hmm. let's, let's get going. And this is where we finally get to, the Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And fast forward through all of this, we eventually see Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people thought this was fake, but in one of the trailers, you see a long haired gray person. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, that's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And everybody was in denial. There was a lot of people online that were like, you cannot do that to Bruce Wayne. Like he can't have long hair. I'm like, if he's a retired old man, yeah, you can't. Like, this is yeah. stupid. Why is there even an argument about this? To my surprise, is when they're finally having the conversation about Barry explaining everything, mm-hmm. Bruce is the one explaining space time. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Like, for him to know everything about the multiverse and stuff like that and how it works and how things branch out. And he, he uses the metaphor of spaghetti, which I thought was hilarious. Um, But it's really surprised me that Bruce Wayne was the caveat for the audience to understand how space time and the multiverse works. Mm -hmm. It was a good analogy. Like I think what he put out there, because like it's true how they show this plate of spaghetti. He's like, look, there are things that will run parallel, but then there's other stuff that coincides. And these are I forgot they didn't we know them as fixed points as Doctor Who fans, but I forget what they what the term they used in here. Um conjunctures or some weird shit. 
But um, yeah, he talks about that. And he's like, but then there's chaos and he throws uh, spaghetti sauce on there. And then he starts grating cheese. And he's like, what's the cheese for? He's like, that's just a garnish. I think the, gonna... the analogy yeah. is over. It's yeah. just a garnish. <laughs> and so, you know, that's when Barry's all like, well, will you help? Will you help us? You know, and he's like, no. And he just kind of leaves. And they're like, well, if he's not going to help us, then we'll just go check out all his bat stuff, you know? And so that's when we get into the bat cave and we just start seeing basically a lot of stuff you've seen from the trailers. Um, yeah. there's a really emotional moment here when Barry kind of calls out younger Barry. He's like, you don't give a shit about anything. And like, he starts saying all this stuff. Young Barry like comes back and he's like, dude, I've been fucking nice to you this whole time. And you're just being mean. Like, and that's when Barry kind of sits back and like, they have this moment and he's all like, you just don't care about monkey. And, and uh, for anybody that hasn't, we haven't really said this. Barry never tells him that he's trying to save his mom. Yeah. So older Barry never tells younger Barry that. So Barry doesn't know why like all these little things are so sentimental to Barry. He thinks he's just kind of being a douche. And um, younger Barry kind of gets over it really quickly. He's like, no, man, it's cool. And then he's like, I'm going to go check out some other stuff and let you work. And so, you know, older Barry's trying to search through all these records and stuff, ends up falling asleep. And uh, well, he actually talks to Bruce at this time. And he's like, look, I know you're listening to me and you're watching me. He's like, um, you know, yada, yada. He starts kind of telling him everything that's going on, right? Because I think younger Barry, Barry fall, falls asleep at this point. And he's yeah. kind of telling him, like, he's like, I know what happened to you. I know you lost your parents. Like, I lost mine too, and yada, yada. He wakes up to having all the information he needs because he's looking for Superman. But, you know, we all obviously know he ends up finding Supergirl. But um, Batman's all like, all right, you know, I'll help you find this chick. But that's it you know what i mean and so they go to the black site because i don't think anything crazy happens in between this um he he suits up as batman we've seen this in the trailer they fly out to this black site and cool moments there you know batman kind of like you know them ejecting from the plane uh getting into the black site finding i i love they do kind of like some people are gonna love this or not like at this point if you don't like silly kind of comedy you're gonna hate a lot of moments in this movie yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of like, oh, we're being sneaky, but something falls down, makes all this noise. All these people are looking at them. And then, of course, like army comes out. And then that's when we find out like Barry slightly like he gets shot at moves young older Barry over because he doesn't have his powers anymore. And he's all like, oh, yeah, like uh, I just moved you a little bit. And then there's all these shots and he's got to move him like really fast. Yeah, and, and like that's when Olderberry was like, wait, what did you just do? He's like, I moved you, but only a short distance. Yeah, And then all of a sudden, Olderberry projectile vomits, yeah. like green shit. Yeah. And we find out, if you looked at everything before this, mm-hmm. Olderberry never moved anything dramatic. Yeah. And he did, he did tell younger Barry, you can't move people at super speed. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's gonna fuck them up, and this yeah. is, we learn the consequence of that. Yeah, um, it, it makes this... sense onto why he didn't capture that girl at the start. He tied the hose around her. Yeah, so and she same thing her with, with all of the the babies. He never yeah. moved them. He only like pinched their clothing and like kind of guided them. Yeah. He never dramatically pushed them or moved them. Yeah, because if you're if anybody's curious about that, scientifically, you would break people in half. Yeah. Um, so why Barry doesn't get broken in half there, you kind of just got to leave it up to comic book logic, but they at least showed a consequence to it. 
Yeah. He yeah. projectile vomited everywhere. But this is where we see like the badass like Batman moment where we yeah. see uh Bruce come down fighting a whole lot. I actually really dug this. Yeah. Um I was kind of curious like the stuff that we had seen via the trailer was good, but I needed to see the full scene to really see how Andy was really capturing the badassery of Batman, you know? Yeah. Um I really I, I dug it uh, for yeah. Keaton's Batman. The way that he moved, it felt like Keaton's Batman, mm-hmm. but with more modern movement and everything else. It yeah. wasn't as stiff, but there was still a stiffness to him to kind of show, hey, he is the Keaton Batman. He doesn't have a whole lot of mobility, um, but I still thought it was good. Yeah, uh, he does have a good line in here where he's like, this is going to hurt. And because it's like the first time he's done it in years, you know? Yeah. So he goes down there, beats the shit out of everybody. Great action. Showed he was Batman. Like, he was Batman. That was awesome. Um, And then they go. They open up the things. Uh, They open up the case for Supergirl. There's a little bit of, like, funny moments between Flash and Batman there. And at no point in this is Keaton's Batman funny, if I think. Like, I don't think he does anything that's funny. And so, which is good because again, I was worried about what he did with Affleck at the start of the movie where he had the lasso of truth moment. Cause I'm like, you don't make Batman funny. Like, it's just not what you do, but I let it slide because of that. But Keaton was never popping jokes or anything like that. He did say some classic lines that people might find cringe, you know, just because they are classic. But I think people that know Keaton will be like, fuck yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they get uh Wonder they Wonder Woman. They get a uh, Supergirl. Uh, she's all beat up in this like what Barry calls a scrotum. Uh, more dig jokes. And he ends up. Uh, they end up getting her out there. Like, oh, we got to get out of here. There was actually. I take back what I just said. There was one Batman joke that was kind of logical. Is what he was trying yeah. to do. Is they need to get out of there. So he needs to put a bomb at the bottom of this elevator. And he pulls out a measuring tape. And he's like, he doesn't. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I need to know your weights. And because yeah. he needs to calculate how bad the explosion needs to be. And he's like, oh, this, this is plus her. Like, this is how much it's going to be. He's like, all right. And they, he sets a like a leveler and it explodes this thing and they fly out to the top. And this is the start of the scene that everybody's kind of seen in the trailers where they're out on top of the like Antarctic like base or whatever. And yeah. Supergirl gets um, stuff. Now, one thing I think is very interesting that I don't know if we're supposed to believe that Keaton knew what was going to happen because maybe he knew the experiments that were going on and he just didn't do anything about it. Or if we were supposed to believe that he was just about to get ready to fight with berries and the plane was going to come up and hopefully help them at the end. And she was just a pleasant surprise. I think that that's the way it's supposed to go is that he didn't know anything about her. Mm hmm. Um, it's I retract that because mm-hmm. he's the one that gives Barry the information. Yeah, yeah. so he might have so, the info on her. I think that he knows very minimal, though. I don't think he yeah. would have known exactly, uh, other than the fact that, like, okay, Barry told me that this person exists and that she has laser eyes, or that he, yeah. because they still think it's Clark. Uh, has laser eyes and super strength and whatever um because the the joke that keaton does have Mm -hmm. um in uh when they're still talking about the uh the multiverse and everything else in their kitchen he's like don't you think superman is a little on the nose he's like yeah "Yeah, but you call yourself batman he's like yeah but i'm not super batman 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one joke, but it's it's a joke as Bruce Wayne, not as Batman. That's yeah. the big difference. Yeah. Um, but in this scene, I genuinely think he's going off of the whim that okay, this Barry says this person is who they say they are, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna try to save these two idiots that uh that got me into this mess. Like yeah. I think that Kara was a complete surprise to them. Yeah. And so, of course, she beats everybody's ass and then she collapses because she's just not used to being out. And so they get her back to the manor. She ends up waking up. That's where the scene we've seen in the trailer where they're like, I'm Barry or we're Barry. And they kind of like talk about the symbol and all that jazz. And he's like, yeah, take her up to the roof or whatever. She gets in her suit. She gets her powers. And she's basically like, oh, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, y'all, y'all had me tied up. Like, I'm going to go. I don't need to protect humanity. And so she goes. She finds Zod. Zod starts fucking everything up and she comes back to um, Barry essentially like, oh, well, she ran off on us. So I need to be I need to become Flash again. And that's when he gets the idea of like, let's recreate this. And I find it funny that like Bruce was like, you need my help, (laughs) like ready to do something crazy to help this guy get his powers. And um, at this point, too, is when he reveals like he was like, the kid doesn't know, does he? That like your mom's dead. And he's like, no, but we find out that Barry was eating food under the cave and like he heard the whole conversation. So he's a little worried now that Barry is going to do something insane to try to, you know, become the Flash again. So we see this whole thing. He does get electrocuted once. It doesn't work. And they try to do it again. And it doesn't like the whole power system went down. Supergirl shows up, takes him up to the sky to get electrocuted. And then he does eventually get his powers back. And that's when we see a montage of, you know, younger Barry making a suit out of all the Batman stuff. Um, There was a moment when they did get back where I don't know what you thought about this. When Michael Keaton is like fixing his wounds and he kind of smirks that like, I don't know if he's just like happy being Batman again, which, you know, you could have a conversation of being, uh, you know, I was like, oh, does Batman like the violence? Does Batman like this? You know, Uh, that conversation can be had if you want to. But I just got to say, Michael Keaton was fantastic in this yeah i think he did a a great job being the batman that he was supposed to be yeah um but when uh kara uh comes back uh she's like i will help you guys uh she takes barry into the sky um so it was barry like everybody thought it was not henry cavill uh, yeah like so many others thought for some reason Mm -hmm. um it was kara you mean yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah uh they uh, no, no, no. The theory was for some reason they thought Kara was lifting up Henry Cavill oh, um, into the sky. Yeah, so, so dumb. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you just see a huge flash of light. Yeah. Like it, it, it covers the entire screen, and the next thing you know, you just see her in the cave placing Barry down. Mm-hmm. And this is where younger Barry is like, he's supposed to heal, right? He's supposed to heal. Like it's supposed to. It, it worked, right? It worked, right? And it takes a little bit he touches older Barry and you see like a small spark. Mm-hmm. And that's when you finally see like his body healing. He's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like he doesn't say fuck, but he's like, yeah. And then Barry wakes up. He's like, you scared the shit out of me, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, but this is when uh, you see younger Barry uh, uh, fixing a suit of his own. Because mm-hmm. when Barry was about to get, when the older Barry was about to get struck by lightning, Bruce threw a suit to him. Yeah. He's like, it's it's an insulated suit, so it won't hurt you. And Barry's like, the whole point is to get hurt. 
The yeah. whole point is get struck by lightning. But Youngerberry keeps hold of that suit. It's an old Batman suit, like a mm-hmm. rubber Batman suit. So like you see him like uh, chiseling some things out. He's he's like painting it red. He's painting it yellow. And it becomes the suit that everybody has memed about for so long now that we've yeah. seen being leaked and everything else. And like there's like the the funny and I think this is the thing that a lot of people will quote will say, quote unquote, was stolen from the MCU. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moments in comedic films where like the score stops and the only thing that you hear is whatever the object of the joke is supposed to be. Yeah. And that's what happened here. You see younger Barry with a chisel, just like cutting off the bad ears of one of the cows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were laughing at that moment. Yeah. It was, it was really funny for, for some people. Uh, when older Barry finally wakes up, he has the suit on and he gives uh, older Barry the ring back. He suits up. And they're like, so uh, we're this new Justice League, right? That's what you called us? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I guess kind of. We're just missing a a god, a demigod. Yeah. And uh, we can really it. use a Batman. Yeah. And that's when Keaton was like, well, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah. And this goes to the final act of the movie, essentially, where it's the big battle that you've probably seen a lot of stuff from. We don't need to go into that too much, except for... Uh, the big important things is two main characters die. And that puts yeah. us into our big thing. So Kara gets her ass beat every single time. Like she she does do some ass kicking though, which is really yeah. cool. Because she finds out Kal-El was killed um, by Zod. And so she beats the shit out of Zod. She has Zod basically dead to rights, but um, she hesitates a little bit and he stabs her. And that's when they take her lifeblood. And so she's dead. Then Bruce tries to sacrifice himself which that was really cool we've always talked about sacrificing i just don't like that it didn't do anything because <laughs> he like sacrificed himself into a shield and it did nothing and yeah. you know this is when the berries are like we can go back in time we just got to go back just a little bit to save them so they go back in time and they both cor- they're like we both know what we need to correct right and they're like yeah barry uh older barry corrects bruce not shooting missiles because it's a force field and he's all like, yeah, he was like, he's like, all right. And he just said nonchalantly, he's like, okay. And he just like, doesn't do it. And he's like, yeah. but that guy's not bulletproof. And he shoots missiles at one of the Zod enemies. And while Barry's trying to save Kara, but he fails, she dies again. Yeah. Uh, they do do a double team, which is kind of cool for a little bit against Zod, but she still ends up dying. Um, and then this was really cool where Batman was fighting a more powerful villain than himself but doing it very strategically. And so- I thought this was really fun. Yeah. Um, Keaton's Batman was like crawling all over the very tall, like bulky Kryptonian. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me, um, but he kept on planting bombs on his chest, on his back, on his head. And this entire time you just see Batman is crawling like a freaking spider all around. Well, he's dude. using his grappling hook around him, I think to like yeah. get faster leverage and yeah. every time it's and we learned this prior which this is a good thing while if, if people think that that joke was stupid when he pulled out the measuring tape for the weight he's adjusting his bombs so yeah. he knows how powerful they need to be so he's i think he's testing them in this moment like that's not strong enough that's not strong enough then he puts a really strong one on the back of this guy's head and it blows up 
yeah and, he and just, like that like, knocks him out he just falls yeah um but like it was wearing out bruce so much because the one thing that when it does blow up he throws bruce over mm-hmm. his head and bruce just flies and just lands hard on the ground yeah like this inevitably like he, bruce gets up from it but mm-hmm. he's bleeding from the mouth barry like runs to him he collapses he's like we didn't like we didn't get you out did we like mm-hmm. you're, you're still gonna die he's like no like i made it like he, he's yeah. saying like you you got me to get out of my house like i'm batman again mm-hmm. like and that's a really cool moment um but feora uh comes and attacks both berries at that point yeah and another like explosion happens or something with either the lightning that they are causing like there's a cool moment where like uh the younger berry still very unexperienced mm-hmm. like he's trying to get the leg up on a lot of these kryptonians because he's like oh they're fast berry's like no but they're but we're faster kind of giving him encouragement yeah and he does like this weird like haruken type of thing with his fingers to conduct electricity to like fire at these at these enemies yeah which i think is really cool mm-hmm. but in doing so uh feora's armor just kind of explodes and a piece of her armor gets fucking just caught into barry's arm yeah and older barry is like oh shit like let's just face through it like let me, I, I can help you he's like no there's no time let's we got to go back we got to save mm-hmm. them and this becomes like a reoccurring thing but we go from the perspective of the older Barry because mm-hmm. they're in the speed force. And this is where older Barry is starting to realize like, Oh shit, this is what Bruce was talking about. Like, yeah. This is a fixed point. Like there's no changing this. Mm-hmm. And the younger Barry just keeps going back and back and back. And like the Coliseum esque uh setting for the speed force Mm -hmm. you see every single time the younger barry is failing and failing and failing and every single time barry is the younger barry is coming back he has like a new piece of shrapnel on him yeah and eventually older barry stops him like grabs him and younger barry's like about to like freaking slice him he's Mm -hmm. like oh shit i'm so sorry like he's on edge because he's frustrated that he can't save bruce and kara yeah and this is where older Barry's like this is a fixed point and this is where older Barry finds out mom dying is a mm-hmm. fixed point and this is where the younger Barry r- reveals that he knew like yeah mom's gonna die and I'm not gonna let that happen and you know we can fix everything and, and nobody needs to die again mm-hmm. um but this is where uh we see uh I think it's Younger Barry goes one more time, and then as he is gone, this entity that we saw at the very beginning of the movie yeah. comes up out of nowhere and is fighting Flash. And in the middle of fighting Flash, that's when the younger Barry comes in. And he's like, Oh, who the fuck are you? You know, like what the mm-hmm. hell's going on? And this is where even more chaos ensues because we see like the fabric of time is starting to like break. Yeah. When the younger Barry attacks this monster thing, because it's all like solidified in rock or whatever, the face breaks open and we realize it's a much older Barry Allen. Like yeah. A much older Ezra. He's gray. And 
this is where we start to see the fabric of time break and mm. juice i want you to break down these these uh these worlds that we see in this multiverse yeah so it's it's pretty crazy um because yeah i think the conversation here it happens to the idea um he's like how long have you been doing this and he's like i've been doing like time he like talks about time essentially like it seems like he's been doing it for like a million years you know what i mean yeah. trying to save this thing that's why he looks so old and so what happens is when the fabric of time is breaking, there's this like portal that you can see like in this Coliseum, there's like a window essentially that's opened and you see these like uh, what I want to say are planets or orbs. And, but instead of them being planets, it's like rows and rows of different timelines or like different like timelines of characters. So like there is one of Adam West Batman, like you see Adam West Batman, but every line, I the way I, I viewed it is every column was a, slight different iteration of that batman you know what i mean but they all okay, kind of look yeah, the same yeah. that's how i envisioned it because i was like why else would you have columns you know well the first world that we see though mm. is george reeves superman yes yes with so, a supergirl with no no no, no the no. black and white superman first it's the george reeves oh superman, okay yeah, yeah. which was really interesting because i don't know if you noticed this mm -hmm. it goes into his dome and we see the speedster of, of his world. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, recognize yeah. that? Did you recognize that? Yeah. After? Jay Garrick. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I had turned. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So it 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 wasn't John Wesley's ship, Jay no. Garrick. It mm -hmm. was the Jay Garrick that like ended up be, being freaking uh, uh, Zoom. Yeah. In the Flash, the CW Flash. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. So that's the, that's the same Jay Garrick. Oh, like, I didn't notice that. So he that's had, pretty crazy. That's wild that like they actually got that actor to yeah. uh to be in the movie. Yeah, that I, didn't I thought that. was really cool. I thought yeah. it was just Jay Garrick. I didn't pay attention to who it was. Yeah, if you uh, look at the the face, it was definitely him. Okay. So that's nuts. And then yeah, we just start seeing a bunch, and I mean a bunch of Superman. Like it is insane. So we do see um the classic one. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, Christopher Reeves. Um, Christopher Reeves. Then a Supergirl, blonde Supergirl, which I believe she's been in the movies, right? Yeah. So that is the original Supergirl from the movie Supergirl. Yeah. Um, she actually has a cameo in a reoccurring cameo in the Supergirl TV show. She plays okay. their mom. Um, and uh, you see Christopher Reeves and her standing side by side, and it's really cool because each one of these cameos somewhat acknowledge like yeah. the fact that Barry, like all of these berries are like fucking with time. They actually mm -hmm. look out into that universe or whatever. Uh, but the very next one probably had you even more surprised that the next. Yeah. So did you know this before they showed the face? No, or no, because like some people were like, <gasps> like when they saw the monster, he was fighting. So, so, the monster is what got me to know who it was, though. Oh, okay, that's what I thought because it seemed like you knew. Because so. I I saw it and I I audibly said no way, mm -hmm. and when they actually showed the face of who it was, yeah, that's when the entire crowd was like, oh shit! Yeah, so there's a Superman. You see his back first, and he's like laser beaming this big insect type of character, and um, then like it turns around, he has long hair, and it's fucking Nicholas Cage. And for anybody that doesn't know this, he was supposed to be Superman at one point with Tim Burton. 
and the movie yeah. just never got made. So, and so you can search those photos up online if you want to see them. But. So the movie was written by Kevin Smith. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So in Kevin Smith's like idea mm-hmm. was that he was going to be fighting a giant robot spider. Oh, okay. And that's what he's fighting in the movie. So when I saw the giant spider, I saw the long hair and I saw the giant spider. I was like, no fucking way. They did not do that. Mm -hmm. And when they, the camera turns, it's so cool because visually you, like you said, it starts off behind Superman. You see the mechanical spider. He does the heat vision. And like, as the smoke clears, the camera's turning onto his face Mm -hmm. and then the smoke clears and you see, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And it's with the exact same suit that he was supposed to wear mm-hmm. in the movie and everything. Yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. All of these Superman, ladies and gentlemen, had the trunks. So just FYI, if you're a trunks hater uh, and they look good, I thought they look good on screen. Yeah. Um, but granted, this was all like CGI big time. I don't know how it would look with a practical suit, but still, I think Superman trunks owns. Um, so anyways, Getting a bunch of this, we do get Henry Cavill in this movie. It is the, I don't know if it's during this moment exactly, but there was a moment when you see him breaking through the Flash, like when he was fighting Flash originally, where it's like muscular, you know, Henry Cavill. We do see a lot of Aquaman and stuff in there too, if I'm not mistaken, just randomly in the, and Wonder Woman, or it might be Batman and Wonder Woman. I'm not getting, I might be getting confused. But like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We do see, like I said, Batman 66 and there's just a lot i'm pretty sure we missed a lot too like there's got to be other stuff that we missed but all of these worlds are just different types of like batman and different types of like superman and all this kind of stuff and they start kind of colliding and like it's all kind of like coming together everything's kind of disintegrating and i just want to say i believe this other flash is referred to as dark flash in this movie they never say it but i think that's kind of what it's referred to as so Dark yeah. Flash is like, the one thing I've noticed, the one thing I've never been able to fix is you are like the anomaly here. Like you're the problem. And so essentially like for me to fix everything, for me to save everybody, you need to die. And so Dark Flash is about to kill older Barry when younger Barry turns around and takes the takes the dive for him. Like he yeah. takes the fucking blade. And essentially Dark Flash killed himself because yeah. that's who he is and so he disintegrates and everything kind of just like Barry's like I got to I got to get out of here. And I don't really remember what happens like does everything just fix itself or I forget how, what happened. So so what ends up happening is he uh essentially like it's like yeah, I got I got to fix things correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. you see you see him start to run again. You actually see younger Barry like start to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Um like turn into dust and uh you see him at the uh at the supermarket yeah and he changes into random clothes again mm-hmm. and he kind of waits out and he sees himself as the flash put the tomato sauce in the cart and then he yeah. sees himself run off and this is when he goes and he is like catching a conversation with his mom essentially mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah you know i really love that cereal they they kind of have a back and forth and he starts to break down mm-hmm. and she's like i know i'm a complete stranger but do you need a hug yeah 
and they they embrace or whatever he uh when they're done hugging like she puts her hand uh on his face and that's when he goes into super speed grabs the soup or mm -hmm. the the tomato sauce and uh goes back in the position and says bye mom i love you i love yeah. you more i love you first that was like the thing that they had together yeah um goes back into normal time and he puts the tomato sauce back where it's supposed to be and then he kind of just waits there for a second mm -hmm. and this is when he goes back to his normal time yeah because he well he... so one thing we didn't talk about at all and this is it makes a huge a huge difference is at the start of the movie is his dad he gets footage of his dad that would have been to fix his alibi where he's at this place to buy the tomato soup but his dad never looks up at the camera and so that's why they can't make him go free so yeah. what Barry does is right when he puts this tomato soup there, he looks up and he sees the camera. And so what I thought was going to happen was like, oh, Barry's going to adjust the camera somehow. And it's going to show his dad in a clearer vision. What he actually did, and we find this out because he says it and they don't show it, is it cuts straight back. Like Clay said, it cuts straight back to normal time. And he's like late to get to his dad's uh, hearing. And they show the video. They're like, we fixed it up uh, and yada, yada. And you can clearly see his dad looks up and his face is there. And everybody's like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God, this evidence clears him of like the yada, yada, yada. And um, everybody's like freaking out. And like Barry goes outside. His dad, of course, they have a loving embrace kind of. And the reporters want to talk to Barry. And they're like, so, Barry, can you explain what happened? He's like, yeah, the tomato soup was on the wrong shelf. So we just moved the, you know, the things got moved from one shelf to the other shelf. And that's why he looked up. And so basically what you found out is because in the story, and a lot of people might be like, that's a stupid thing. But it, whether you think it's stupid or not, they laid it out for you to make sense. Because yeah. while he's talking to his mom when he was a child, his mom's all like the blue can, not the green one or vice versa. One of those. So what Barry did was he moved all of the green cans to the top shelf and all the blue ones to the bottom, forcing his dad to look up to get the right one. Yeah. And so it's that little thing that makes it make sense. And so from there on out, you know, he gets out. Iris is all like, you should ask me out. And he's like, yeah, I'll ask you out. And then, you know, that's kind of what happens. And then he gets a phone call from somebody and it's Bruce Wayne. And he's all like, oh, Bruce, you're here. He's like, yeah, I'm pulling up right now. And he's like, yeah, my dad, you know, got out or whatever. And so he's like, yeah, I'm about to find out. Bruce gets out. And this is, I was like really shocked here because we've heard about this before, what actually happens. But I was like, because we also heard that they weren't showing the last like 20 minutes to the, sh to the audience, right? I was like, there's no way they're going to give us the new Batman in this movie, is there? I had a little inkling. I was like, that would be fucking crazy. And um, he's all like, all right, yeah. He's like, I'm just here. Somebody's getting out of the car, the same car that Ben Affleck was driving earlier in the thing. Gets out. It's fucking George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about this on the podcast before uh, about the possibility of George Clooney being Batman in this. I never thought it would be in this scenario. I thought it would be like when the worlds were colliding, you know, he'd be in the yeah. bat suit and he'd be like, I'm Batman. You know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't expecting this. And even, even Barry's like, who the fuck is that? He actually yeah. says, who the fuck is yeah. that? Literally uses the word fuck. <laughs> and uh, he's all like, 
he's like, oh, they're talking. He's like, but you're Bruce Wayne. He's like, yeah. He's like, how are you Batman or something? No, 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 he, he, say? well, he, he says, he says, he's, he's trying to get it all out. And he's yeah. like, you're not Batman. And George Clooney's Bruce Wayne is like, are you kidding me right now? Like, yeah. are you really going to out me in, the, yeah. in public right now? That's basically, he says, are you serious? Yeah. And then it cuts the movie ends yeah right there um a joke that we didn't really touch up on is uh barry loses a tooth uh yeah in the other separate timeline and he glues it it falls out at the very end and it literally fades to black on his like freaking missing tooth which i thought was hilarious but the credits roll there's only one credit scene Mm -hmm. it's at the very end of the movie and we see it's barry with arthur mm-hmm. and he's explaining he's like yeah they were all different but they're all bruce wayne but like i'm the same and you're the same in every every other universe or every timeline or whatever mm-hmm. so they've established that batman is different in every timeline mm-hmm. barry is the same in every timeline and arthur is the same in every timeline yeah they've established that in this dceu I'm going to go ahead and say that right there because I think there's going to be a lot of confusion when the DCU starts. And I think you can have a little bit of leeway with Mm -hmm. what the DCEU rules are and what the DCU rules are for me personally. Yeah. So when this movie ended, I told Clay, I was like, I have more questions than answers now because, and we're going to be talking about this right now in James Gunn's new podcast because this podcast ain't over yet, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, the, the Arthur Curry thing or the Aquaman thing at the very end was fucking, it was a great scene. Um, I, even if Aquaman flops, I think, I think Jason Momoa should stay on as Aquaman. I think he's a great Aquaman. Um, as much as he wants to be Lobo, I think Aquaman should be Jason Momoa. But with that, just, just keep in mind, everybody, what happened there? Cause essentially as they said in this end credit scene, Barry looks the same, Aquaman looks the same. So even in the DCU, you would expect them to be the same. And we're going to touch on this because there's a lot of shit we need to talk about in regards to what James Gunn has said. Um, because I, at the moment, am very confused and might be a little upset with what he's saying. But overall, with The Flash, I enjoyed it. I think I actually enjoy it more now that we just talked about it which yeah. is interesting. Uh, I would be down to go see it again. Uh, I would probably let it die down a little bit. Uh, yeah, past this same. Weekend, sometime midweek next week, if anything, at the earliest. But uh, I would definitely be down to watch it again um, because I'm pretty sure there's stuff I've missed. And I now that I know what to expect from it, now I can just enjoy it as a second viewing. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I will say at the start, I was like, oh, man, people are going to hate this part. People are going to hate that part. And I hate having to think about content like that. I just want to be able to enjoy it. It's one of the reasons why I stopped reviewing a lot of things, too, because I just want to get back to where I enjoy shit. Um, But I want to hopefully get to one day where I'm not thinking about what fucking people care about a movie because, like, I just don't like hearing about the bitching. And maybe I just got to get off social media and not care anymore. Um, would be the biggest thing, but not the easiest thing to do when you have a job that requires social media. So, well, before we move on to this podcast that Gun was on, I do have to ask you because a friend of mine who went to go see the screening the week prior mm-hmm. uh, brought up a really good point. 
Um, so how do you feel about Keaton's ultimate like fate is dying? We all die. Well, yeah, we all die, but like uh I asked them, I was like, I, I I said, I wonder how what the reception will be of, of this movie. He said, It's just okay. I hate what they did to Keaton. I mean, he's dead. And Supergirl literally did nothing. That's that was his comments over this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I th- he's a big Keaton fan, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of these people don't realize, like, he's not going to be in Batgirl anymore. He's not going to have multi yeah. films. I think this is his last film as Batman. Yeah, and he got us one song. What's wrong with yeah. that? I don't have a problem with the way they went out. And also, you, yeah, you could make the saying that Supergirl didn't do anything, but what did you want her to do? She's literally, this is probably her, she's not even out of the fucking scrotum for 24 hours. So, like, you know, I don't know what, what you, did they want her to be Superman? She looked cool. She did cool shit, but this was a timeline very fucked up, and this was a world that was supposed to die. Like, yeah. not every superhero movie is going to have a happy ending. I mean, Infinity yeah. War showed everybody that, right? Granted, yeah, it like turned into if, happy ending. If the world hadn't been fucked up by Barry, mm-hmm. the world would have just ended. Yeah. Also, you would have never got to see Keaton and Supergirl in the first place. Yeah. So, like, I don't mind. I actually think they made Keaton look way better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Like, he was great as Batman. Like, modern-day Batman. Yeah. Like, I could sa- safely say... That if he was going to continue being the Batman in the DCEU, I probably would have been okay with it after seeing this film. Because yeah. he was doing cool shit. He was doing very Batman-y shit. Uh, the Batwing, uh, it having a spinning cockpit was awesome. I thought that was very like that. smart. Yeah, yeah, very smart. Uh, and that's just, like, I don't know. I'm assuming that um, Andy Muschietti, if he is confirmed to be doing Batman, he'll use a lot of the same people that worked on this crew to do the gadgets and stuff for Batman. I am very, uh, have a lot of confidence in him. Now, granted, he did say like, oh, I wouldn't be able to, like, I'll talk to how I'll handle stuff in the future. With, uh, you know, I can't talk about that yet, is what he said. Maybe he'll have different iterations of his own Batman, you know, because he is dealing with the Keaton Batman here. And like, he's essentially dealing with two Batmans he had no control over, right? He never got to create his own Batman. I'm kind of hoping that's how Christina Hudson will write it as well. Like, I'm hoping he'll be like, this is going to be my Batman. This is how you need to write it. Because I will say the only thing that I would criticize her about is I just don't like the the lasso thing. I just don't want Batman to be funny. That's the one thing. I don't need him. If you want to make Bruce Wayne have some quirky jokes, sure, why not? Not yeah. Batman. Batman always serious. Because, oh, another thing is Keaton's Batman actually had another thing that we didn't talk on is when they're trying to escape, he does the like move bitch, like the, the like move. Oh, like, he tries to yeah. scare somebody. All, I also thought the scientist looked like he was jacking off when he was trying oh, when to he get, was trying to grab the gun. Yeah. It looked like because he was trying to grab something for the longest time and it was around his waist. It looked like he was trying to jack off because Batman was there. So I was like, they could have done something better there, but it is what it is. But yeah, he tried to like scare this guy, like move bitch, like move bitch. And the guy was just like, I mean, he's Russian. He's like, oh, I'm scared of you, bitch. I, uh, like, <laughs> Putin's my boss. Like, you think I'm scared of you? <laughs> um, so, like, uh, pretty crazy shit there. 
but I don't need Batman to be funny. Like, and especially if you're going to be doing Brave and the Bold, leave that to everybody else but Batman. Nightwing yeah. can be funny. Um, I don't think Damien should be funny, but if you're going to have Tim be in there, let him be funny. Definitely let Red Hood have a joke here or there. Um, I do feel like DC, the way they're going to handle Red Hood is they're going to make him Deadpool. I feel like that's what they're going to do, uh, and that. that's not going to be great. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, James Gunn did say Deadpool is his favorite MCU movie. Or Marvel movie. So, yeah. interesting. But he also says that Into the Spider-Verse is the greatest movie ever. Well, superhero-wise. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways. So, yeah. Overall, I would watch the movie again. I would recommend it. But out of I 10, know... How much? One out of ten. Um... 7.5 okay we're at, we're on the same page it's yeah. it, again it's not the greatest and no. again 7.5 is not a bad movie no. it is a good movie yeah um so if i watch I, it again i think it'd probably bump to an eight maybe it's a possibility or it could be bumped to a seven so yeah. so i think 7.5 is is solid yeah. um because to get nine or ten like you got i have to be walking out of there thinking it was the greatest thing ever yeah. Um, I don't even, and I, I walked out thinking Spider Verse was amazing. I don't know if I'd give it a ten though. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I would give Spider Verse a ten either. Yeah, um, and it was something that, like, I don't know if you. That's why I was kind of curious about the guy that was sitting in front of us, right? The reviewer guy, because at the start, I thought he, I thought he was going to be a grumpy old dude because he was an older guy. He's definitely older than us, and so probably like maybe mid forties to early fifties, maybe. And he was talking about like he was talking to his other this dad and son, and they're like, "Oh, y'all see Spider Verse?" And he was like, "It had its problems." And I was all like, "What?" I was like, "Hold up!" I was like, "What are these problems?" And one of the problems was that he was like, uh, he just doesn't really uh, his like Spider his Spider Sense just disappears. And I'm like, "What does that fucking matter?" That's what you're gonna fixate on that his Spider Sense doesn't show up a couple of fucking times. How would Spider Man ever get hit if he always had it working 100 percent of the time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I think, look, I nitpick about a lot of shit, a lot of shit, but usually I try to make sense of it. You know, that yeah. one, I'm like, that's to make, to talk shit about Spider-Verse, that is what you're going to pick on. Uh, I thought that was kind of silly. So I was like, this guy's going to hate this movie. I thought he was genuinely going to, I thought he was probably going to think the intro was fucking stupid, all this shit. First thing he says that I heard was he was like, I think James Gunn's DCU is going to be completely different or completely new or something like that. And yeah. he seemed to enjoy it, though. He seemed to enjoy the movie. So I'm like, oh, maybe he isn't a grumpy old man. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was relatively interesting. I was like, oh, you're going to hate on Spider-Verse, bro. That movie was great. Um, but yeah, I don't think what else, like, I think I hit on everything else that I was talking about. I think I said Ezra Miller won me over by the end of this movie. Uh, I think they did Batman justice besides the little bit of comedy that they tried to do. Um, but yeah, I was, I was worried. I, the, I didn't like the bad, the bad voice though. That would be for, the one for thing. Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the one thing I would definitely disagree with. Um, they should have just kept it to the uh, modulated voice. But um, other than that, man, I, I would definitely watch this movie again. I would recommend it, but I know people are going to bitch. Yeah. I, if Young's listening to this podcast, I know his ass is going to bitch about the CGI. And yeah. I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to ignore you <laughs> because like it is what I think part of it is a stylistic choice. Part of it is. I think yeah. the dome Coliseum thing that was stylistic. I think that's what they were going for. It wasn't something they were going to film every fucking scene for. I, I mean, half of those people 
that were in the in the you know world's colliding scene they're not even alive anymore so yeah. like they had to do cgi you know so um i think i'd rather them honor those people that way than not honor them at all so yeah um it is what it is and also like i'm pretty sure it's way cheaper to pay nicholas cage for that kind of thing than having him come in so you know it is what it is uh all uh, do they even need to pay for him for that or do they just own that like, no i think the they to to use his face they would need yeah. to pay him yeah so uh, anyways, go check out The Flash. Let us know what you thought in the comments if you are listening to this and you've already seen it. But uh, before this podcast ends, we need to talk about a podcast that James Gunn was on because a lot of people on Twitter are already talking about this because he uses some confusing words. Now, Clay hasn't listened to this podcast yet. He was going to listen to it later today. But uh, I kind of said like, yo, we can record today, to be honest. And so he hasn't been able to listen to it. But the big things from this, as when James Gunn is talking on this uh, Michael Rosenbaum podcast, he do talk about DCU, him being the studio exec and like how he became that. But he says some random quotes. And this is uh, what got everybody up in arms. He says that Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. Then he says Superman Legacy is the first DCU movie. But Creature Commandos is the first DCU project. Now, Clay, I don't know if you want to read what you posted in Discord because I kind of went against it. Yeah, so I said, let me actually bring it up here. I said, that seems simple enough. What he's, uh, I take it as Blue Beetle is the only character that will be uh, be seen as transferring from the DCU or the DCEU to the DCU. Creature Commandos will be the first product that we see from the DCU mm -hmm. and Superman will be the first theatrical experience that we will have from the DCU. Yeah. So um, I, I will dive into that a little bit, but this is really confusing people on Twitter because they're like, that doesn't make sense because blue beetle is a movie and a film. Is it not? And so that's where people are like, they're just like that. That doesn't make sense. So are you saying that whatever happens in his movie doesn't matter? And that's what people have been harked on since this release, right? Everybody thought that Shazam all the way to Aquaman, none of these movies fucking matter. That's how it's been. And so people were worried about that. So now I had responded to Clay. I was like, simple to you isn't simple to the GA, Clay. I was like, look at Gunn's comments. Uh, look at Gunn's comments or Scooper's post. This is under like different Scoopers and all this shit that are talking about this right now. I said, go look at that. Also, I think you're wrong about Blue Beetle. Gunn in the podcast confirms that Peacemaker is happening after Superman along with Waller. So unless they're recasting everybody in those shows, Blue Beetle being the first person to come over is just factually wrong. But we don't know that. You you can't say that for sure. I know. Gunn knows that for sure. He does. But do you think just like, because like, yes, anything is possible, right? Until it's factually proven. Yeah. Logically, with the success of Peacemaker, do you think they're recasting Peacemaker? No. Exactly. There are certain things. Yes, anything is possible. The MCU could shut down today. Is it going to happen? Fucking no. It is the 00001% chance that it would shut down today for whatever yeah. reason. 
but yeah. it could happen. So we're thinking in a logical sense here. So, and you ain't re replacing fucking Vi Viola Davis. You ain't getting no. another woman to take that part that's going to do it better, in my opinion. So she's going to be Waller. She's getting her own show. So the Blue Beetle comment doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Um, and again, Creature Commandos being the first product. I Like, I understand where you're coming from, Clay. 100%. Because that's how I thought of it. But I'm like, I'm not the GA, you know? The GA doesn't fucking cover a podcast about Batman every week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we are we are different than, than the GA. Um, so, like, it's confusing a lot of people. And I'm like, this is a bad look for James Gunn. And before this podcast started, I was like, Clay, we need to go back and watch the DC slate. Because you thought he was saying something different. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, this is how he said it. And if I'm not mistaken, the quote is that Flash resets the DC universe. That is what he says. Yeah. Then it's going to go into, that is going to lead into Blue Beetle. Then which will lead into Aquaman, which starts off our next projects. That makes it seem like everything is connected. Yes. Yeah. So this new comments from gun is fucking confusing and and to tie remember what we said we were going to tie things to the flash movie the review yeah if flash's timeline is the new timeline because he just told jason momoa aka aquaman that they're the same people in every universe that means aquaman's going to continue meaning aquaman's movie has to be part of the new dcu which would make sense with what just happened how do you explain George Clooney as Batman? Here's the question. Here's here's a question to you. It's it's mental gymnastics. I understand this. Mm -hmm. But what did I say on the last podcast? I don't know. I said there's two ways that I need the flash to end. Mm -hmm. Either one, Barry is stuck in a time uh in the in the time time force. Mm -hmm. Uh speed, speed force. force. Not not time force, Jesus. Um in the speed force. Or he's stuck in another timeline. Mm -hmm. This isn't his timeline. So we're going to get another Flash movie where he goes back to another timeline? No. I think that he figures it out for the fact that, like, okay, you're not my Batman. Mm -hmm. He's just going to keep traveling timelines to find his own. But that's going to be off screen. We're not going to see that. But it could easily be mentioned. That's one way. Yeah, it could be. And Aquaman 2, you can now say it was a completely different timeline. But it, unless it has to be said in the movie, you can't just headcanon that. That is extremely bad. It has to happen in the movie. It could be an end credit scene, but it has to happen in the movie. You can't, we cannot headcanon that. Is, that is fucking terrible. For James Gunn to say he wants to tell this epic, crazy story, that's a fucking terrible way to start off. I'm a James Gunn supporter, but that's just yeah. bad. That's just bad. It is, and I, I have stuck to my guns on this from day one. I fucking hate when directors say things after the fact. If it doesn't happen in the movie, it doesn't count. It's kind of how I treat the Batman comics too. If it doesn't happen in the main title, I can say it doesn't count because everything's kind of all over the fucking place. But what happens in the main title is what matters. Um, so I, I, not very happy with Gun here at the moment, and I hope he clarifies this because I'm excited for what he's gonna do. I mean, I loved Guardians Three; I thought that was a dope film. 
Uh, I like that he thinks Spider-Verse is fucking fantastic because that gives me hope about the animated stuff. I like everything that he's doing. What he's saying right now is extremely confusing because he gave us a video. We praised that Slate video. We were like, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. But if you're now going to come out and say that the four movies that you said were going to be a part. Now, granted, Shazam doesn't matter because the Flash reset the universe, right? So Flash doesn't, I mean, uh, Shazam doesn't fucking matter. But starting at the Flash universe, this is this is the new thing. This is the new thing. If you want to do Aquaman and then at the end, Flash like fucking zooms into it. It's like, is this my universe? What's happened here? If he wants to do something like that, then I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, I'll buy it. He's He's running through time. I just don't see how you make sense of this. At the moment, George Clooney is Batman. <laughs> that is what is happening. Now, here's the thing. James Gunn said George Clooney isn't Batman. Mm -hmm. So is he lying? Is he telling the truth? Did he, did he lie to save the surprise? I think he lied. He lied and he didn't lie. Here's how okay. he lied. He lied in the sense of saying that George Clooney was not in the movie. Mm -hmm. But the specific question that was asked to him on Twitter mm -hmm. was not, hey, is George Clooney in this movie? Yeah. Everybody asked him, hey, is George Clooney the new Batman? Mm -hmm. Because you are connecting the dots the same way that Grace Randolph connected the dots, saying, mm -hmm. hey, this is the new Batman of the DCU. Because, yeah. of course, this is the new timeline. Again, uh, Jason Momoa was filming Aquaman at the exact same time as Flash was filming this, which is why they were able to have that cameo. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing can happen on the opposite end of the spectrum in Aquaman 2. Mm -hmm. That cameo that you just said, oh, at the end, you, you know, Flash can come in asking if this is his timeline, like what's going on. That, that could happen. Am I going to say that it's going to happen? No, because I don't know. But I am confident in saying I do not think that George Clooney is the new Batman of the DCU. I could believe that 100%. What I'm saying right now, though, is the story says George Clooney is the Batman of this universe. Until we get something that shows us otherwise, it doesn't make sense story-wise. Yeah. And I'm the person that... I fucking i got so much shit about talking shit about the flash show for so long because it didn't make sense until they made it make sense like six seasons later or whatever it was so um yeah that's the only thing i have an issue with with the movie like i understand it was a cheeky cameo right it's a cheeky cameo it's fun yep. it's cool people in the people in the audience loved it right yeah doesn't help when you say that this was the start of your universe. Because all J James Gunn had to do was say, like, if you wanted to avoid this, just say our universe starts with Creature Commandos. Or that it starts with Blue Beetle. Yeah, They could have pushed Aquaman and Blue Beetle separated the movies. They could have done that. Yeah, But for some reason, they wanted to keep this release schedule that it was currently on. You could have flopped them. It's not like DC doesn't flop movies all the time anyways. And you could have just said, we start with Blue Beetle. I don't even know that I can confidently say that uh, Aquaman is picture ready. Yeah, Go I on. don't know. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll find out. I mean, they haven't even really dropped a trailer yet, and we're six months out. 
Yeah. So um, we'll see. But I don't know, man. Uh, again, I like the cameo. It was funny, but not when you're trying to tell me you're building a new universe because it doesn't make sense. Like, I thought something, like, had Flash, you know what would have been better is, because at the at the end credits, at the end credit scene, we're dealing with a drunk Jason Momoa who falls into water, and he's like, oh, bring me more beer, give me more beer. And uh, that was funny, loved the end credit scene. Barry should have been just like, this isn't my timeline, and just fucking runs and disappears. That would have been great. Yeah. That could have solved everything. And then he could have, like, zoop, zoop. Unless, the, unless there's going to be something in Blue Beetle, that kind of clarifies shit. I don't that know. That can be something too. Um, but from my understanding, I kind of feel like they said Blue Beetle was like on its own. They they had said that it we not they like said. it didn't affect the universe at all. I am pretty sure that we as fans have assumed. Mm-hmm. That this is going to be enough of an origin story that it's probably like not affected by anything that changes. Yeah, that's what we have said as mm-hmm. fans. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, jo- George Lopez said that Batman is in the movie. You said yeah. that. Oh, I do- I doubt that. We said, oh, it's probably in like a newscast or whatever. Yeah, but like that can show us who the, the Batman is too. Like if we see George Clooney Batman mm-hmm. on the TV screen, we're like, okay, that's the new Batman. Yeah, that would be insane. George Clooney's like what sixty something now, uh, right? I think he's granted. Michael Keaton looked fantastic. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't. That would be, oh my god, dude! If they go with 62. that, sixty-two. Yeah, Michael Keaton's what sixty-eight. Um. I don't know what they're going to do, man. I want to say, like, uh, the cameo was great. I didn't need that now because it adds so much confusion. 71. Is Clooney? No, uh, is Keaton. He's 71 uh, years old. Damn. Uh, they mean, they filmed this video, like, what, five years ago, feels like. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think James Gunn needs to clear this up, in my opinion. And it's funny to, to harken back to what Raphael said a long time, uh, listener of the show. Raphael said he didn't like that uh, James Gunn was saying a lot of this stuff back in the day. He didn't, he wasn't, uh, he was like, he's not being transparent enough. Or he says, I don't want to misquote him. But essentially, he didn't really like that Gunn was saying a lot. Yeah. And maybe it's gotten to a point where now I agree with him. Because this he's made it way more confusing, especially after I've seen The Flash. And I'm not alone in this. Because... Um, and I, it's, uh, I will say I took a little offense that you were like, you're looking at it the way Grace Randolph did it. Cause that's just an insult in my opinion. <laughs> um, but it's the way the story is told, unfortunately. Yeah. So I'm looking at it in that sense. So it needs to be cleared up. I think the movie's solid. Um, and I think maybe hopefully Gunn will talk about it after the movie has been out for a while. Cause obviously he's not going to spoil anything. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think what he said in that podcast is very confusing um because what if something so like if something cool happens in blue beetle it's not official it's not a part of the universe like it again it's he's adding so much confusion to the universe when he could have just been like look guys he needs to come out and be like all right i fucked up or whatever and be like 
the universe and when everything matters starts with creature commandos. Just come out and say that. Like everything that will matter, everything that's connected is creature commandos. But Blue Beetle, Flash, Ezra Miller, AK, Aquaman, you know, whatever, they will be in the DCU. Just come yeah. out and clarify it. And then just uh, that sucks because then it's gonna be like, oh, then so we don't need to watch the other two movies. Be like, no, they're still gonna be. And I think if you say like, you know, Momoa is gonna continue to be Aquaman and stuff, that gives people to go watch Aquaman because like, oh, he's still gonna be Aquaman in the future. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it is what it is. But I don't know. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's gonna be a that would have been a huge talking point for the podcast, anyways. It just happened this morning. Um, and uh, we've kind of already seen the Flash, so we we can definitely talk about that. But overall, I don't know um the movie was solid i'm very curious on where we're gonna go with this i will say um i think ezra miller stays on as flash though i i I don't think he gets recast because they also he also just shit on that idea he's always the same again this is for me, I, I think anything right now is a possibility. Um, I think that it may take some mental gymnastics, but this movie can be the ending of a universe uh, and creating a new one or starting a new timeline or whatever you want to call it. Um, I will see what... Because as of last night or early this morning, Rotten Tomatoes is giving this, as far as audience score... 98 mm-hmm. percent yep. people are loving this movie so far um mm-hmm. critics are calling it average which is yeah. still a good thing for a dc movie um so i think this is gonna go over well currently right now it's projected to only make 70 million this weekend um yeah some people are hoping to crack 100 i'm not entirely sure how that will go i don't know if um, it's true or not but i saw that um it was tracking better than the Batman in China. I don't know if that was factual or not, though. Oh, I, I haven't seen that, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at the moment right now, audience score is a 95. So it was as high as a 98. It's a 95 right now. Tomato meter is at 71. So um, that's kind of kind of not bad. I think a lot of superhero movies lately have been getting, like, shit tomato meters, and the, the audience scores have been great. So... Um, so it depends on what you want to go off of. Um, you know, Spider-Verse, I mean, yeah, damn, Spider-Verse is a 96 tomato meter and 95 audience score. So that's pretty fantastic for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, that is everything we got. Everything will be timestamped, of course. I mean, if you're listening to this part of the podcast at this point, you've kind of heard everything, but let us know what you thought of the movie in the comment section. So, yeah, that's going to be it. Clay, you got anything going on this week, man? Um, this upcoming me- week is the return of Star Wars Alliance, so uh, be on the lookout for that. We have a lot of news, um, a lot of shifts in the Disney movie slate, um, everything being moved to uh, 2025, 2026, and 2027. Uh, they announced the new dates for Avatar uh, being 2025, 2029, and 2031, which is absolutely wild. God, um, well, what's his name even be alive? Isn't he like 80 something? I don't know how old James Cameron is. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely wild. There's tracking 
two Star Wars movies to be coming out in the same year in 2026. So mm-hmm. we'll be discussing that. Uh, so yeah, just uh, keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. Um. Wait, what? I I don't want to spoil this. I don't know if this happened. I'm just reading a headline. Uh, so spoilers. If you care about Transformers, turn off the podcast right now. I don't know if this happens. Uh, I don't. I don't think you'll really care about this. Um, Transformers: Rise of the Beast director didn't ask permission for GI Joe crossover. They there that? was there there was I haven't heard anything, but there was talks of of that happening, and there's actually a comic coming out this week that that does that as well. Oh, really? They need to spice something up with that. Um, I mean, at least bring in I think Fast and the Furious, and that is just the more logical sense. Um, but yeah, pretty weird. Oh, you couldn't even do. De- I mean, if they're gonna do GI Joe, the older movie that happened before. I think a lot of those people are not really relevant much nowadays. Bruce Willis doesn't even act anymore. So. Oh, actually, they uh, they did. Uh, there was conversations like I think like two weeks ago saying that mm-hmm. a GI Joe Transformers movie was actually in the works. That's weird. Are they owned by the same company, Hasbro? Right? Uh, Hasbro, yes, uh, and I believe both are owned by Paramount. Hmm. Interesting um so yeah we'll see what happens but anyways ladies and gentlemen that is the review this more than likely comes out on a thursday i think we're releasing this late thursday so uh i will have a live stream on friday come by and hang out with that if you want to come hang out i am planning out live streams more nowadays i don't know what i have on for this friday i think this friday might be some more final fantasy 7 but that is going to be it ladies and gentlemen as always he is fanboy clay i am juice wayne and remember Batman is awesome. Batman.